This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Shame Away. No matter how many times I washed my son's socks, they were still crispy. Our towels never felt as soft as when I bought them, and after my 10th wedding anniversary, I thought my favorite blouse was ruined forever. But then I found Shame Away. Shame Away is the only detergent specifically designed to target and neutralize the stickiest male fluids. Both these cleaners look good, but how do I know which one's not only gonna clean, but restore the texture of my cum-laden oven mitt? You can't miss Shame Away. With a gold star for the Come Clean Guarantee, awarded by Southern Living Magazine on every bottle. It even works as spot treatment. Just two pumps will clean up that couch cushion. And thank God, because you've already turned it once. Clean the Shame Away. Shame Away. Hello and thank you for cracking another road soda. Still number one in Qatar. On this episode, Ariana Grande turns down that bitch Carol Baskin. We have a real life working lawyer with clients who are affected by the scandal that was this week's Millennial Book Club, how to fix a drug scandal. Uh, how that was, yeah. What it was actually based on. We have a, a lawyer calling in and our favorite segment is back, the Craigslist Chronicles. Uh, I'm, you know, thank you for being here. I'm Isaiah Cooper. With me is... Uh, Greg McGinnis. Welcome. Welcome, man. I feel good about this episode. You feel good? I do feel good. Yeah, it's your friend that you, uh, you know, we watched, we had no idea, we watched this week's um, Millennial Book Club. It takes place in Massachusetts. You're like, hey, I'm from Massachusetts, or whatever you sound like. And then you uh, called up your friend. Yeah, that was a pretty good approximation. It sounded more like a Amish guy in the middle of a fucking, some type of tremor. But all right, it was close. <laughs> some kind of tremor. Uh, how we, I don't think I even asked or it was said in the when we when he jumped in on the Millennial Book Club to give his uh, little bit, which was amazing, by the way. He's really awesome. You can tell he's a fucking lawyer. Uh, the like he's he was just so well spoken. Um, your how did you meet him? I've known him since we were kids. We were in the same little group uh, in high school. We didn't go to the same high school because I'm a public high school guy, and he went to the, uh, you know, the Catholic school in the next town over. Right, right. But right. Uh, I knew him. But all you, high it was school. like a Romeo and Juliet thing. You know, you loved him. He loved that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I did almost kill myself because my parents, his parents, would let me date him. So <laughs> that was kind of similar, but otherwise, not really the same. That's funny. Well, that's kind of cool. So you, yeah, you've known him a long time. You could tell you guys. I'm glad uh, you were able to, you know, jump in and speak so candidly. It sounds like you talked to him a lot. He's still a good friend of yours. And I hope, uh, you know, anytime we have any kind of lawyer stuff, we need to settle something, even if it's a dispute between the two of us. We'll call him up. We'll use him as a some kind of mediator. We should do that. I would like to make him the official legal counsel of Road Soda. I think. Yeah, he is. He's, he's earned it. He's definitely earned it, and uh, his name is. Or is it just going to leave it at Darren? You know, he's working. We don't. We want to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you everybody for joining. Uh, of course, this week's Millennial Book Club on this episode was how to fix a drug scandal, and you guys, and and we have a lot of other stuff as well as the Craigslist Chronicles. Always fun. It's back. Always fun stuff. 
And you can send in news articles and you can send in your thoughts and you can send in your views, all that kind of shit to roadsodamail at gmail.com or you can call into the show and leave a voicemail, 706-200-1213. Leave a voicemail, we'll play it on the show. And uh, I mean, uh, why? yeah, why not? Before we go, Greg, into the rest of the show, you got anything? You know, I, I just want to say I didn't mention it on the show, but this morning my pain in the ass fucking dog sits in my kid's room and his windows face the street, and she's one of those dogs that barks at every fucking person. Broke my fucking window today, so that was like a pall <laughs> on my day. She literally broke the fucking window. Right. So what like, did you break of hers? Yeah, oh God. I know I wanted to set her fucking free and just let her fucking find new life, but. So that was that was the start of my day, and I also found out today that uh, <laughs> dude, real quick, my mom has a house up in Georgia. The house next door had like four or five broken out windows in the middle of fucking winter because of the fucking dogs. <laughs> the fucking dogs. <laughs> they Listen, just keep I'm barking a, and breaking out windows. I'm a moron because my kid wanted to move his room around, so he put his bed up against the window, and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But then the dog just sat there. We put the blinds down. Like, like, so that the dog can't see through, but she just like nuzzles through and she can hear because she's a fucking dog. And then she just goes, shit, I was right through the blinds. <laughs> I, it happened like a hundred times. I don't know why I didn't move it because it's so annoying anyway. And then she broke the goddamn <laughs> window today and I was so pissed. <laughs> and actually, Wait, all right, does homeowner so insurance co- cover that? Is it? No. It's fucking homeowner's <laughs> fucking wallet covers that. And it's going to be, I got a fucking bag over until Monday. But all right, so here's a little bit more of an aside. At the time that it happened, I was sitting in my living room playing a game of Madden. I'm like, my little guy is wicked into Madden. So like we're kind of bonding on that. So he's got me sucked into it. And so at the time this happened, I was sitting, listening to one of our old episodes and playing a game of Madden, but like against some little fucking dude from across the country or whatever. And we mentioned so just, Madden. What's that? Do we mention Madden in the episode? Do we mention Madden? No, I thought there was going to be a cool synchronicity. Continue. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. This is like this is like real thing. Right. So we're actually playing. I'm playing Madden against like this little kid. So I just can't like pause it. You know, like I have to either give up to this little fuck. Or go see what's going on. And I'm like, it's only going to piss me off. I can kind of hear. I didn't even take the headphones off. I was like, this is going to piss me off. And so I waited like 30 minutes. And I was like, see how calm and cool dad was when the fucking window got broken? But then cleaning it up, I totally was an incorrigible fucking asshole. Like always. So anyway, that that was how my day started. But I also, I learned, and this is a podcast I've brought up on the show before. Uh, you remember Put Your Hands Together Yes, is a podcast that was put out by uh, a married couple, two women, Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher. And it was on for like six years. I liked it because it was a, a podcast that was just like a live open mic show in L.A. But it wasn't like a you know regular open mic. It had drop-ins from like big people all the time. And, and there was some really funny people on it. Like working comedians use this as an open mic. And uh, it fucking stopped. It stopped in August of 2019. I just happened to listen tonight, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's the last one. And they made a big deal about it. It was, like, officially the last one because Cam and, and Rhea broke up, I guess. They were, mar- they were like, women that were married. Too much, man. And, the, their worlds were colliding. They were married. Yeah, they were working together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm, that, I, I went on Reddit real quick before we started recording to try and see what happened. And 
I didn't get the exact answer, but I think they broke up and they just, they broke up like a year before that. Damn. And they just said, even though this is helping our careers and shit, we just, you know, fuck you. I hate you, bitch. Yeah. It's too much. Or whatever. Yeah. But it was a great show. Went on for like six years. And I definitely still suggest, uh, after you've exhausted the entire road soda catalog and when you run out of stuff and you can't entertain yourself anymore, go listen to some, put your hands together because there's just some great shit on there. That's yeah. just, you know, small comedians that you won't hear everywhere. That's great. It's always good to expose yourself to that stuff because everyone sees like the finest refined comedy. Expose yourself to somebody kind of beginning. It, it'll really put it all in perspective, perspective for you. Not at a schoolyard. I just want to take, make sure you don't take that, that out of context. <laughs> Do not expose yourself at the schoolyard if someone's starting a new beginning. Yes. No, that is much different. Uh, okay, guys, thanks for, you know, that's it. How about let's go to the rest of the show? But how about first? How about how about how about this? How about another word from our sponsors? This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Guns Armadillo Jerky and more. Guns Armadillo Jerky and more. No money, no problem. We'll finance. No license, no problem. We know all the loopholes. Felon. Keep it moving, buddy. Just kidding. What if you need a gun for an emergency? Say someone might be robbing in your house right now. With our retroactive purchasing program, you have waited three days no matter what. Don't forget to grab our in-house armadillo jerky. 100% free range and organic. We follow strictly all the health and sanitary standards and all FDA guidelines met and exceed for considering our armadillo jerky organic. And I challenge anybody to prove otherwise. Ain't no loopholes in that shit. Guns, armadillo jerky, and more. Come on down and find out what the more is. And here we are again, another riveting night with the news. His news comes to you as per usual. ABC7, WWSB, Suncoast. Boy, five. Pulled over on way to buy Lamborghini after argument with parents. He was just out there doing some hood rat stuff with his friends, man. Did you ever see that? You ever see that video of that? That little kid that stole his grandma's car and like wrecked it and the cop was talking to him. And they were like interviewing him. They're like, you understand you did something bad? And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that kid. Yeah, you know that kid? This kid's, dude, this, this kid's even younger. A Utah. The best line from that kid is, yeah, we're always doing hood rat shit, smoking with cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember you showed me that on this show, actually. I liked it. Yeah, he said, I like to smoke with cigarettes. Do hood rat stuff with my friends. We smoke with cigarettes. Like what? Is cigarettes a person? Who's cigarettes? Cigarettes the bum that lived down on the corner. We smoke with cigarettes. Uh, a Utah Highway Patrol. Oh, this is in Utah. So this kid got in an argument. And he's like, I'm going to go buy the, a Lamborghini. And then he's like, fine, go do it. And, he, and then the dad tosses him the keys. <laughs> there you go. You, know, you, you know how to drive. Pint-sized surprise. Let's see. A Utah Highway Patrol trooper got a pint-sized surprise when he pulled over a five-year-old who was swerving so badly he thought the driver needed medical attention. <laughs> that kid's five? I think five years old, the kid was driving a Lamborghini. Uh, <laughs> they had to blur out his face. That's a pretty big five-year-old, dude. 
Dude, to, I mean, <laughs> that is actually pretty impressive that a five-year-old kid <laughs> could even touch the pedals, even fucking around. <laughs> yeah, you guys can click on this link that's in the show notes, and you can take a look. For uh, I think there's a video that goes along with this one, too. Trooper Rick Morgan said uh, the boy said the boy did not respond to his lights like the kid didn't even know what cop lights meant <laughs> but pulled over <laughs> when he hit his siren on the interstate 15 and uh, I approached the vehicle I was expecting somebody who needed an ambulance and paramedics uh, and when he got to the window and he said pretty clearly there's a very underage driver who was buying the wheel I saw somewhere the kid only had three dollars in his wallet and he's like I'm gonna go buy a Lamborghini <laughs> How the hell was he in a Lamborghini? I, I don't think he was in a Lamborghini. He was on his way to buy one. In what car? His parents' car? I guess. Yeah, it doesn't say what kind of car he was driving. I'm I'm trying to scan it because it just says vehicle. Pulls somebody over. Yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say, ABC Seven. That's some bad reporting. That you don't tell me what type of car the kid that's five is driving. Yeah, what kind of car? You tell me. He tells the cops he wants a Lamborghini. The car. The the five-year-old's first choice, a Toyota Corolla. Number one choice for five-year-olds all over the country. Well, I'm impressed the kid could drive at five. That's yeah, me too. Good. Well, apparently he couldn't, Greg, because he got pulled over by the cops. <laughs> well, you got to get a little far from the house if you're going to get pulled over get by the out state of the driveway. When asked, Morgan said the boy told him he was going to his sister's house in California. The boy told another trooper that he wanted to buy a Lamborghini when he got there and then flashed open his wallet, showing his cash <laughs> to purchase his dream car. $3, dude. <laughs> Whoever Jesus. wrote this is like, oh, fucking great. A sibling, it says a sibling was supposed to be watching him while his parents were away. That dude is fucked. That guy is fucked, yes. Or the real, the real, The real thing is... This dude is fucked. Okay, next article is just, uh, I've been hearing a lot about this, actually. I've heard a number of people say this, but I haven't heard anybody, like, they just say it in passing, and then they don't discuss it. And it says, what do your bizarre pandemic dreams mean? Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame researcher weighs in. So, have you been hearing anything about people having, like, dreams about this shit? Like pandemic oriented stuff. Yeah, so I've heard um, I've heard people mention on a couple different podcasts like I'm having these dreams about you know like what's going on, and then of course I saw this article. But so yeah, like I haven't personally had any dreams about this shit at all. Have well, you? So do you normally dream? Yeah, yeah. You do. And I your do. Dreams have not been changed with this pandemic, but you're not like really like you're you're way outside of the group that's like affected by it and you said more than once it hasn't really affected much of your yeah day to day yeah so that doesn't I mean, make sense you outside of just working from home now which i think probably would have you know, wouldn't have happened i would just wouldn't kind of working at a different building but like outside of just working from home that's like the biggest change other than that it's like stuff's pretty the same you know but i mean people are i guess are having dreams and it's like really fucking people up uh, your dreams are trying to tell you something, or at least they might be trying to help you out. This is do you, this is what a researcher uh, this is what researchers believe about reports that people around the world are having bizarre dreams. Sleep researchers say stress and anxiety are to blame. So I guess people are just so fucking wound up about this shit they're having nightmares, man. So you have. I had guess any. that happens. What about your? No, I, ha I haven't. I'm not super wound up about it, you know, and it hasn't yeah. changed a ton for me. So. I'm trying to think. Like, I can't always remember my dreams. Like, it's very rare 
then I can remember my dream. I do remember them sometimes first thing in the morning, but a lot of times they go away like pretty yeah. much as soon as I start the day. It's very rare. I did have one. It's funny that you say that, though, because I remember talking to one of my biggest clients when we talked about dreams, and I said, yeah, I did have this freaking dream, and it was a really weird one, and it actually involved... You, are you ready for this? Yeah. I don't know if this is pandemic-related at all, but this was the dream. I'm at a property that me... I swear to God, I just emailed this not even a week ago to, to one of my clients. Uh, I w- and I remember this dream all day. I emailed it to her at like 4.30 that day. And I'm like, I had this dream this morning because she wanted to talk about dreams. I was like, shit. So I'm at this property looking with a realtor. We had looked at it like months ago. And we we decided we weren't going to buy this place. We stay and put. But we looked at this house. And there was no water at this place. But in the dream, I'm I'm at this place that we had clearly looked at. Me and my wife and my kids are just kind of walking around. Just, you know, just, just walking around on this property. And then the realtors that we had talked to, they showed up. And they were like, oh, hey, you guys are here looking at it. We were like, yeah, we're just looking at it. You know, they said, well, we have to fix something for the owners. So just, you know, whatever you guys, just keep looking around. That's fine. As I'm walking around, I look down on the ground. Uh, there's like a little water thing that comes into the property. And I look down, I see this brick. It's like a plastic brick. And it literally said on it in my dream, I swear to God, property of, uh, what the hell is that guy's name? It was property of that big drug lord. From that show that we watched like months ago, the big guy who owned the island from uh, the Fire Festival. Uh, he's oh, like a um, huge drug lord. Yeah, ah. like uh, like not um, Pablo Escobar. Pa- Pablo Escobar, really? Pablo. It said on it literally property Pablo Escobar. This thing, and I went, "Holy shit!" This thing just like floated up on the. And I was close enough to the realtors that they saw me, like the commotion of like me seeing it pulling out. They came over, like, "What's that?" I opened it. Up, I go, "Holy shit! This is like a lot of money." I open it up. And it's just like a big stack of, of money. Right. And I'm, I'm flipping through. It's all denominated. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm just looking at them like, holy shit, we found a bunch of money here. And I'm thinking to myself in the dream, like, should I just split this with these people? Or like, should I keep this? You know, I'm just trying to think out like what to do with it. Right. And then I go, I think in my mind at that point, I'm like, I think I'm just going to like talk to the realtor and say, hey. Let's just fucking split this shit up. I'll take six inches of it. You take six inches of it. And we just fucking, let's just all fucking go home for the day. At that point, that's how you measure that money. (laughs) Whatever it was. Yeah, it was just like a big ass stack of money. So then I go, but you know what? I got to go talk to my wife real quick. As I start walking my wife, who is not that far away, but she was not quite direct line of sight. I walk over this little stream and I'm walking. And now I see two more of these bricks that have like kind of washed up in these little, it wasn't mangroves, but it was like that type of plant that kind of sticks out over the water. So it just catches shit. It just right yeah. there. And I see two more of them. And now my anxiety actually kicks in. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like, this isn't like one random thing from fucking 20 years ago. This is like, something's happening here. You know what I mean? Like money is coming into this spot. Right. And now I'm like, Oh God, I'm not just going to keep $19,000 or whatever the fuck it was. This is like, now I was like, shit, I should just put this down and get the fuck out of here. Then I started thinking, are the realtors actually here to like fucking make this drop? And now like I'm marked for death already. I was super fucking anxious about it. And I remember waking up in the morning being like, I'm relieved that that didn't actually fucking happen. Because you know what? At first it was like a really good dream. You know, you found a bunch of money. You're like, fuck yeah. And then then it turned into like a nightmare. That's crazy because I've had... I've had dreams where I found money before, and they're always 
it's depressing. You know, you wake up and you're like, ah, that sucks. I, I had a shit ton of money in that dream. But um, yeah, it was, it was two things. It was one I was thinking about, like, I, I was relieved that I wasn't actually in this conundrum. But the other thing I was like, dude, you totally suck. Like, you got to be quicker on your feet. Like, you should have figured out a way to solve this. Where you, like, you bury the money and you just watch the realtors or some, sh- you know. And I was right. like, you didn't have anything like that going. That's literally what I was laying in my bed, like, for 10 minutes. <laughs> you stupid motherfucker. Yeah. How, why would you Dumbass. You fucking blew it. <laughs> Dude, I heard. Here's a quick little anecdote. I was listening to a podcast, and there was somebody, a comedian, on there talking about how he loves nightmares. He loves them because he says when uh, he has nightmares, then he wakes up and his regular life feels much better. And he says, "I like that a lot." So I, he's like, "I like having nightmares." <laughs> well, I guess that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> He's like, I'd rather have my. He's like, I'd rather have my dreams be terrible and my real life be awesome than the other way around. And I'm like, hey, he's not wrong. That's pretty fucking. Uh, I guess if those are the only two choices, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I know. Uh, so let's move on. This is the very last one. Ready? This comes to us from People Magazine, and I heard about this, so I had to go out and actually pull the article. Ariana Grande says she did not allow Carol Baskin to be included in Stuck With You video. So, uh, apparently, it was Grande and Bieber previously announced their collaboration in early May. Don't expect to see Tiger King's Carol Baskin and Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber's new music video. On Thursday, just hours before the premiere of Stuck On You, Grande 26 revealed that she didn't allow Baskin to be included in the music video after the Big Cat Rescue founder sent in a submission to be featured among clips of fans who are social distancing in their homes amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. So she sent... Wow. So Carol Baskin sent in a video because she's a fan of Ariana Grande, right? And uh, she's like, look, we're social distancing and we're in our homes and you can can you uh, put, us, put us in the video, you know? And <laughs> Ariana Grande said, nah, bitch. <laughs> That's a hard no, hard pass. Do you know how fucked up that must be to be in a situation where now, like the people that you're a fan, you're fans of, like, well, I like I like Ariana Grande, but she doesn't like me. <laughs> like, they specifically know you That's and don't funny. like you. Like the people, <laughs> like you, you can bet if you're if they're that that thing got so big at a time when everyone was doing so much nothing that even famous people were watching Netflix at that time because even fa- even like fucking uh, uh, Johnny Depp or whatever is like I got nothing to fucking do I can't do anything he's probably watching Netflix he's gonna watch Tiger King he's gonna have opinion on fucking Carol Baskin yeah that's <laughs> tough timing for her just knowing that everything you watch like uh, I'm watching this movie hey everybody in this movie fucking knows me and hates me <laughs> Everybody. I know she comes away as the big loser because nobody like people might meet Joe Exotic if you ever gets out of jail and they'll just be like yeah you were like that colorful guy from the thing there but they're like yeah we know who you are lady because five seconds into this nine hour thing they said she killed her husband right it's pretty clear it's the pre- only yeah. thing we're unsure of is exactly where his body was <laughs> yeah, the, only, the only question left at the end is where the fuck is the body <laughs> and you know what I guess what it comes down to is like 
it's an authentic authenticity thing. Like Joe Exotic is unabashedly him. Like he's not beating around the bush with what he's doing and who he is. He's just like, this is me, motherfuckers. I suck dick sometimes, two at a time, and sometimes I gotta give him a little mess to get that dick. You know what I mean? And people people gravitate towards that guy more than the the bitch that's like, if I really wanted a tiger to attack somebody, you'd put sardine oil on their shoes or something. <laughs> Like that's the <laughs> clearly yeah. like, everybody in everyone watching goes no that's the fucking psycho person I don't want to be around that person well because we're literally watching a documentary about like what you know we're like what is even this about yeah and as they're explaining you're like I'm not sure what they're trying to tell me but there's one clear piece of evidence and that's this lady killed her fucking husband because she wanted to start this thing and if there's one that's the clear, only thing that's true right and if there's one clear piece of evidence. Uh, that uh, about this whole thing is that Carol Baskin definitely knows a hand does not fit in a meat grinder. There's anything <laughs> that is positive. Oh, shit. <laughs> she knows for Wait, sure. Wait, so look at the picture from this article. Yeah. Justin Bieber's response was, tonight, hashtag stuck with you, like a little ad for the video, and it's a picture of Carol Baskin and her, hu- her new husband that hasn't been murdered yet right. in tiger costumes. <laughs> And then Justin Bieber just says, he ain't going nowhere in some little stupid smiley emoji. And it's like, he's like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. Let's put this thing in there. You know what I mean? Right. It's all pop culture shit. Let's throw it in. People will watch for that. And then Ariana Grande. For the record, I did not allow or approve <laughs> this clip. I don't fucking want anything to do with it. That's Actually, funny. but nonetheless exists. It's unique. Yeah. And she's like, I had nothing to do with this. Isn't that funny? Because... That just Carol Baskin now it has like backlash like a Philly wait, wait you mean you're a Carol Baskin supporter Ariana Grande you know what the implications are to your to your career Ariana Grande <laughs> I think people hate the people hate Carol Baskin more than they like Ariana Grande and and, and you know what to be fair too I mean we can imagine that she watched uh, oh, she for King sure for sure well, absolutely well, they all did. I was going to say, it, it would not be impossible to imagine it because, like you said, everyone's distancing, but it could have also been her handler called her two seconds after that one up and went, hey, hey no. are you looking at your feed? You can't. And she's like, what's Tiger King? I'm in Dubai right now underneath two princes because I can't get any video work or whatever. And they're like, hey, no, you need to respond to this. You're going to not want to. This is going to hurt your career. on her Twitter team, some 16-year-old kid in India on her Twitter team was like, well, we've looked at the results. This is not good. We need to distance. Wait, are you telling me, are you trying to tell me that, that Ariana Grande has somebody else tweeting on her account, yet the not president AG. of the United States is not tweeting AG. himself? She is totally legit. I mean, there's probably other celebrities doing it. There's right? a blue check AG mark next to her name, legit. sir. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean she can't give out the password to... No, that's uh, against the, the rules and bylaws of the blue check mark. Is that a real thing? Um, <laughs> I should keep running with it, but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's the news. I thought that was good news. Wrap it up. Tie it up. I did 100% try to look up more about the guy that threw his cat, the California commissioner. Nothing else since this happened. So we assume uh, his life is ruined or he's dead or whatever, you know, because after that, he just drank himself into oblivion. and. Maybe Carol Baskin got word of what he did to that damn cat. That's right. And, uh, we ain't gonna hear nothing from him nope, no more. Nope, not gonna hear nothing. And he sent it. He sent his. He also sent his cat over to Luca Magnata. He said, "Here, do do something with this." <laughs> 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 
a good threat. Now, after watching Don't Fuck With Cats, you can use that threat against your pet. You better watch out or I'll call up Luca. Huh? How about I, how about I have nice. Luca McNaughta babysit you? <laughs> See what happens. Nice. <laughs> Silicolin is the number one doctor-recommended stool coagulant. Polymers invented by the world-renowned Dr. Koshi Kolonapi bind the matter in your large intestines so that your movements require virtually no cleanup. Originally developed to treat anal seepage, silicolin is for anyone who desires spotless underwear and a streak-free toilet bowl. Side effects may include acute anal seepage, upset stomach, bunions, spina bifida, night terrors, night sweats, terror sweats, and a loss of sexual identity. If you are experiencing more than five seizures a day, stop use immediately. Leave toilet paper behind. Ask your doctor if silicolin is right for you. Silicolin, a Popco brand. It is time, it is enough time has passed where I want to bring back was one of my personal favorite sort of uh, things. It's just uh, the Craigslist Chronicles. Whether we are posting on Craigslist to get somebody who has like an interesting story, somebody like a, a phone sex operator. You remember her, Summer XXX? She was great. Was it two X or three X? I can't remember. I did like her though. I think I don't remember. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, some we we should get her back on, catch up with her, see how uh, business is. I bet business is booming right now. You know, uh, this is a big this is a big jerk angle. off economy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we should get back with it. Also, uh, a lot of people might remember the best and also worst episode of Road Soda ever, where we interview interviewed the guy that fucked the dolphin. The it dolphin the, fucker. The dolphin fucker. It was the best because he fucked the dolphin and it's really crazy and cool. His name is Mike Thompson, but even his mother calls him the dolphin fucker. The dolphin fucker. He's like, she, knows, she knows where that money's coming from. And uh, <laughs> he, but it was it was the worst because the audio was horrific. Um, and even he, he called and he left a message on the phones, uh, on the, the, the podcast's uh, phone, phone inbox. I like the next episode and I played it and he's like it, uh, there was the best interview I've ever done it, you, you really it was very thought provoking you, you asked a lot of great questions uh, but I have to tell you the audio was absolutely awful <laughs> well I remember you and I had a conversation prior where you were like I want this guy wants to be with his dolphin partner but I think the equipment might be damaged in the water and I yeah. said I, I agree with you there and you said my journalistic instincts say get into the water. Get in the him. water. I want him, and you know I, it affected the audio quality. Obviously, I, I, I think what, now that we look back, I came out with the experience, and I, I you know I try to stick to the Hunter S. Thompson kind of thing. You got to dive in, but um, so it always it always makes for something fun, right? Or we also also made a couple of posts, and uh, people would call in and they leave messages. I for one, we were looking for a bodyguard. We were a group of girls, and we were we wanted to go out and have a nice night out, and so uh, people were calling in and leaving messages to say that they were interested in the bodyguard work. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so Craigslist is a fun. <laughs> Craigslist. I did not hear. I did not hear that one. I got no. There was that. a. We did a couple different ones. I can't remember what. what one was. I want. I can't remember, dude. They were. 
We got some really interesting people leaving messages, but you the thing is with those, you have to you have to say something that makes them want to call and leave a message. Something like, uh, call and leave a message, please don't text, and I'll call you back. Like something like that. Like it, th- there's a reason to it or something. And then you get people calling in and actually leaving messages. And then we did another one where we were, uh, we said we were a psychic. The other one was, uh, I've got a secret power that I, I acquired uh, because I, I was in a bad car accident. I almost died. And now I can, um, now I, I just have this gift and I don't want any money for this gift because it's a gift, but I will give you free psychic readings. You just have to call and, and leave a message. Please don't text because I have to hear your voice. Right. That was part of it. And you so, left that? Yeah. Yeah. I did that. That's and I posted great. that up. I posted that up in New York city and on the New York city crisis. And I got a lot of calls from people like, is he cheating on me? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, or, it was a lot of love stuff. It was just that really kind of people. A lot of people wanted to know if, if they're the ones. And then there was also a lot of dudes that were just calling and hitting. Cause I also posted it with a picture of like a hot looking psychic, you know, <laughs> like, you know, cause you could post a picture with your, with your ad. And that reeled in a lot of guys being like, uh, I'm really into threesomes. And I just want to know there's, yeah, there's this one guy. He's like, I'm into threesomes. I just want to know if it's the right time to tell my girlfriend that I'm into threesomes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good question. Uh, anyway, it was that was fun. So, what I did was I went back to just the the bread and butter, and I want to look for, I want to look for somebody to interview. And so I posted. All it says is what is your story, and then it says if you have a good story, if your life isn't whatever it is, like a life story, uh, please I'd love to interview for interview you for the podcast. So email me and. Um, so people generally email and they'll give like a little synopsis of the story and then I'll be like, yeah, let's fucking talk. But dude, uh, I posted I posted that in Savannah, Georgia. I, I just thought Savannah is kind of a weird place, right? So you might get some weird, interesting things. And then I posted another one that is the, basically the same thing, but it's changed a little bit. And it says, tell your strange story. Like, what, what, like a paranormal kind of thing. Like you have a strange, weird, offbeat story. And I posted that one in Seattle, Washington. Um, I read, I've, I've read a couple of the emails, but every single one so far has been somebody being like, boy, do I have a story for you? Send me your number and I'll call you. And that's it, dude. Oh, and one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. So together I have not read, uh, any of these and there's maybe 10, 15. Let's quickly, I can, we can tell what they are pretty quickly. If there's a lot of words, it's probably something good. And uh, if there's not, then it's not. So let's let's go through these together. Um, yeah, this one just says, "Hell, I believe I have an interesting story I would like to share with you." I like that. That one's kind of modest. A lot of people think their lives and their very mundane kind of stories are really exciting and like my life should be a movie. You know, um, I find that we a lot get of- pretty wild out here. Yeah, down get- at the Teledex factory. So <laughs> let me let me just try and give you one of the more tame ones. Yeah, what, where do I start? You know. <laughs> I had something strange happen. Haley, that's all That's all that one says. Um, and then this is, here we go. This one, uh, what is your story? Um, I'd like to have more info, please. Everyone's being super cautious. Like, uh, how about you tell us a little more? How about I told you everything I need to know? Uh, what kind of strange story? Does it matter? Dude, does anybody? The last time I did this, everyone was just immediately like, I've, 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 my boyfriend's been cheating on my something and I've been having sex with his brother and like it's crazy shit, right? 
I burned a trash barrel in, behind my sister-in-law's house, and they thought it was yeah. my ex-boyfriend. Yeah, that was one of them, remember? <laughs> that was one of my that favorite That was one ones. of them. That was the secret one, like, tell me your secret. And the girl, the girl's secret secret was, uh, yeah, I threw a cigarette butt in the trash can, and it set on fire. And uh, I know it was me, but everyone else thinks it was my sister's boyfriend. <laughs> Was it? Didn't she even reach back out to you when she was like, "Thank you so much for letting me get that off my chest." I, really I don't remember. Like, Maybe uh, I thought one of them did that, and I was just like, "Wow, that was that, clearly weighing on her." I know. She's like, "Man, I, Jesus, be watching me about animals. that one." I've murdered so many small animals, and that only after releasing this to on Craigslist do I feel <laughs> ease. This is what it is. It's <laughs> Craigslist confessionals. You know, I'm doing I'm doing the Catholic God's work. So here we go. Hi, I just saw your ad and it piqued my interest. They spelled peaked correctly, so I'm a little worried. And they also use peaked, right? I feel like I've had some weird stuff happen to me, so they're obviously, this one is coming from Seattle. Uh, but our definition of weird may be different. Can you please give me an example of what type of weird stories you are interested in hearing? That way I will know whether or not I have anything worthwhile to share. I hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get... Dude, all these people, I send the same thing. Anything. Just, if you think it's weird, send it, please. What? It, give me a synopsis. So what do you give them for a response to that? Do we I, have that's a- exactly what I said. Uh, so so if I was looking at these alone, I would be responding to everyone. Um, what, what, whatever, whatever you think, it doesn't matter. Whatever the story is that you have in your mind right now, give me a synopsis of it, right? I think we have a better response for those. I think this is the road soda official response to that type of email should be, I am a prince in Nigeria. I have a certain amount of funds that I would like to release to you. <laughs> I got a lot of I got a lot of inspiration for to pull for that one. And a lot of templates. All right, so the, here's one. Ready? This one says. Uh, it just says Tom Tom. I don't know. It must be the guy's name, or maybe it's the uh, little GPS service. <laughs> it says was born in 1975, did some blow, and drank a little Mickey's, worked a little, chased girls when they still had hair down there. That's it. That's the whole email. <laughs> what is your story, dude? This guy. That's his story. He did it. That's his whole he story. He sounds like a real rascal. That one. he's. I've been waiting. He's like I've been waiting to, to tell my life story. Ready? Well, I was born in 1975, and then uh, did a little blow, drank a little Mickey's, and uh, I worked a little bit too. And he's, you know, when I was guy, fucking around, those girls still had pubes. Uh, end of story. That's a, that's a guy talking in his office. No, he's like, he's the desk guy at a Radio Shack, and they're like, "Hey, I would like to buy this uh, walkie-talkie thing." And he goes, "Hold on one second, I'm responding to a Craigslist ad." Hey, four seventy five, <laughs> little blow. They had it. Bam! All right, Bam, now they know I what's going so on. Hey, now what are you asking me about, buddy? Because I did a little blow, born in seventy five, <laughs> and you got the transistor part. That's gonna be uh, boom, 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 bang. Gold Dude. chains pointing. Oh fuck yeah! So that you're right. I like that kind of guy, and that's probably the I was I was clicking through the emails, sir, and I that think is I, wait wait that guy <laughs> that guy gave me a visual. Yeah, that guy gave me a visual, the Uncle Rico for yes. Napoleon Dynamite. That's yes. Uncle Rico that responded. So I think that's, 
I think that's probably that's exactly who that is. That's, that was Uncle Rico. There's the inspiration. He's, for he gets up and he throws a steak at somebody. He goes, "You want to see something else?" <laughs> I can't just respond. And Craig says, "Check this Bam, Steak in the face. <laughs> All right, so. I've been I clicked through a couple emails real quick, all the same shit, like, oh, I've got a story for you. And now I've got to what we're looking for, okay? Uh, this is a pretty large brick of text that I'm staring at. And this is this is the kind of people this is what I'm looking for. Ready? Hi, my name is blank. And my strange story is still happening to me with no end in the foreseeable future, I fear. So let's head back in time around three years ago. I've just turned thirty. I love working at my job bartending at a badass dive metal concert venue. I am sure happy clearing the... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I love that. Go ahead. So far, That's where Seattle thing. Soft, yes. Oh, so you've already... Oh, you pinned this one down. Uh, <laughs> I am super happy clearing the six-month marker with a new boyfriend. Life is good. The one day I noticed the strangest little mark on my arm. If you, oh, dude, I already know what this is. Alien abduction. All right, let's go. I'm calling. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling alien abduction right now. Put your money on it. Here we go. The one day I noticed a strange little mark on my. A few days later, same pattern appears on my hand, on my side. This mark, which I best can describe it as be maybe a rash, starts popping up everywhere. I can clearly see them. In fact, I can't do anything but see them. But even, but everyone I try showing this to says they don't see anything uh oh what a twist well this rash she puts in quotations develops into the monster it is today with a variety of symptoms this would be the strange part keep in mind i have been to many doctors only to be told it was all in my head all my friends and family agree that they don't know what's happening to me but they all agree it can actually physically that it can't actually physically ha happening be happening so basically this has left me unable to work constantly at odds with my boyfriend I was once so happy to be with, uh, who I was once so happy with, betrayed by my family and isolating from my friends. Okay, so imagine most of these ridiculous symptoms happening to me literally. Dude, oh, you, dude this is, she has Magellan's. She's got Magellan's. Okay, uh, uh, are you in front of your computer right now? Uh, yes. Can you, can you Google Magellan's? Is that when you have other people's symptoms? No, Magellan's is what um, is like this crazy disease, and I, and I kind of saw the word ahead a little bit here. Ready? Okay, so imagine most of these ridiculous symptoms happening to me literally nonstop every second, every day. It's maddening. Those rashes, turns out, are comprised of clusters of five to ten little brown dots with fibers weaved into my skin and what feels like strings attached to each dot. These strings are wrapped all around me. Sometimes they become so tight, I can't breathe. This happens every single part of my body, including my teeth, my eyes, my throat. I have tried everything to try to cut these things uh, off of me. Whatever this material is, it is invisible and strong, even heat resistant. I've not found a chemical that can even loosen them. Oh man, dude, there's a lot. Of, there's Jesus. a dude. This this is uh, pretty heavy. What do you think this is? Well, you said Morgellons. Did you did you look it up? I'm looking it up right now, and it sounds like. Does it kind of sound like Morgellons? Morgellons. More more more. What do you think it is? Morgellons. I think I've heard people say it Morgellons. I think you're right. 
Morgellons disease is a delusional disorder that leads to the belief that one has parasites or foreign material moving in or coming out of the skin. Morgellons disease is a little-known disorder that is often associated with nonspecific skin, nerve, and psychiatric symptoms. Some refer to it as a fiber disease. People with this disorder seem to be likely to develop low thyroid functioning, or which is also hypothyroidism. Yes. Caucasian females from a, this is from medicinenet.com. <laughs> Caucasian females from about It's 35, a white bitch disease. It's a Karen disease, goddammit. It's, it. it's even more specific than Karen. Hold on, ready for this? Caucasian females from about 35 to 50 years old tend to develop this uncommon condition more than other groups. And Texas and California, Karens, seem to have a higher incidence of this condition than other U.S. states. Wow, wow. And you know what I've heard? There's, uh, I, I can't remember, I heard it somewhere that there's a pretty strong link between Morgellons more gel- more and Lyme disease. Lyme chronic disease. Ly- chronic Lyme disease, yes. Yeah, it says that right here, actually. It was the next, there are reports of Morgellons disease in patients with Lyme disease. Now, Lyme disease, I'm not sure, I, I don't know, I'm a little touchier about that because they beat me earlier about it like you know I'm, I'm from the north and there's ticks and they said Lyme disease is a big deal yeah but people with Lyme disease get the same type of treatment where the doctors are like you're just being a bitch Karen yeah. just fucking go back to work exactly chronic no, Lyme disease like it's because of are like releasing liquid and also everything feels heavier yes. and my eyelids are like very bright yeah. and there are all kinds of thinnesses <laughs> And they're like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. You're testing Go back negative. To work. You're testing negative over and over again for Lyme disease. Yeah. Dude, chronic Lyme disease is like the realest fake shit ever. Like there's definitely people that it's like this elusive kind of ghost. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh they it, there's a pretty there is some kind of link. Um but this she just keeps going on and on. And and uh, I I'm not I haven't read this um before but I'm skin I'm just skimming it says overflowing with these things they feel like worms and I can feel them but again they are invisible all my eyelashes have been have broken off my skin seems to be like seems to be like sealed shut in little creases all over leaving my body morphed into strange shapes wait a minute her skin is sealed shut now that is a serious symptom (laughs) doc yeah but everyone that looks at her is like you're fine when your eyelashes are breaking off, are they also shooting off? Because that could be a different condition. If they're shooting off, that's yeah. serious. Um, two ca- yeah, my teeth went from two cavities to four. Um, I, I don't know, man. There, there's still more, even weirder symptoms. So I'm skipping a fucking lot. Um, let, hold on, wait. This is a weird word I'm seeing. Let me see where the she writes in very run-on sentences, which a lot of times is pretty signal for. Uh, like, Morgellons. Morgellons. Were you thinking the same thing I was? That's uh, a main symptom for Morgellons. Morgellons is run on symptoms. It's a uh, mental mental illness, bro. People who are like schizophrenic and shit, and they start running. I was at the Morgellons manifestos. psychiatric conference. Yeah, it's just me and other doctors that are on it. Yeah. And we have a line that we laugh about. We go run on sentences and cavities, right? Then we high five. It's like then we high five. We know how to spot this shit. <laughs> All right, so ready. <laughs> All right, so I, I just want to see where this goes. I finally noticed what most people would probably brush off to be a ball of rolled up hair as somehow related to this whole thing. They are everywhere, and when looking at them at a certain at certain angles, you swear they're they are looking at you, but they don't move. My hair smells 
like nothing if lit on fire. My skin is weaved and webbing with black fibers like uh, that break when touched and the tension from the breaking flings sharp invisible shards of glass all over my room. Uh, my Sorry. Yeah, all over my roommate claimed to see a hooked jaw bug in a cut on her leg shortly after a hooked jaw bug. What the fuck is that? After I washed off... <laughs> after I washed off a cut... Yeah, that's what I'm like stopping on you right? need to get the digits because she sounds like a working in a shithole metal a bar whatever the fuck that is that's a fucking plus dude this then girl this fucking crazy shit sounds like a fucking steal yeah this girl's crazy uh, hopefully she's this got, boyfriend she's, she's gonna she fucks crazy that's what that's what this is girl like this knows how to do something crazy anyway <laughs> All right. Um, let's. We have a few more emails here. I don't know if there's anything good in them. It's obviously it's going to be kind of hard to to get something like that. That's that was yeah. And you know what? I think we should do. I really think we should call her up and have her on the show. That's what I think. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I think you should tell that we would call her, but it sounds like telephone vibrations would not be. I, good. I don't think it's going to be good for your uh, condition. <laughs> Oh, let's see. What kind of stories you look for? That's that one. I'm just going to be clicking through them and seeing what I got here. Uh, again, dude, everyone's asking. Everyone's like timid. Like, what kind of stories? Man, I said a- anything. Just uh, Is anything else you can tell me about what you're looking for? If not, it's okay. I may have weird stories. Just kind of wondering. Man, you know what I mean. You have a story in mind. That's the story I'm talking about. Like, just fucking send it. People, what's going on? It's the internet. Oh, I know what stories he's talking about, man. Hey, listen, man, I'm from the 70s. I had a Camaro, and I used to score all over the place, man. I know the type of shit you're looking for. High five. High five. That's right. He knows. Here's another one. We got another one with some uh, a nice nice brick of text. Are you ready? <clears throat> now, these these have only been running. This, these ads have only been running since uh, two... Friday since yesterday. So so wait, so wait. These are all Seattle's or no, other, no, no. There's a, I mean, we're that one that big long one was a Seattle. So it was a strange story. Uh, yeah, this next one I'm like, wait a minute, me. wait a minute. She was a bartender. Yeah. At a metal band bar, and that wasn't in Savannah. Are you sure? Nah. That was in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, Greg. Uh, so yeah, this one is also, and this is what this is the fun part. So we go through, we read some of these. But eventually, once this is running long enough, we're going to get somebody to write in and they're going to be like, I'm a phone sex operator. You want to talk? And I'm going to go, yeah, yeah. We're going to fucking give you a call because that's crazy, right? Or not crazy, but like, that's good like radio hour shit, you know? Uh, okay, here we go. This one, here's another one. These, there's a picture. This is how this guy, this is the first line. There's, it's almost like it starts mid-sentence because it's not even capitalized. There's a picture... Of the apocryphal god, and then in quotation, a woman, Gorgo, defeating the devil that spans the entire west coast. You can see her from satellite, a giant mermaid. The six-pointed star on her forehead means she is God, most high, the queen of heaven. That's Ael, which is A-E-L, and then he puts in quotations, God. Defeating Samuel, God's venom or poison or blindness. 
He was transformed into the angel of death, and after that, he became a worm or a being of negation. All this works after there were for good while uh, ever scheming ill. The universe was conceived by both Ale and Samuel, Mother Earth and Father Sky. All the Israelite gods were gorgons, which means they were giants and they had big teeth. And they were mermaids or fish people. There's another story from the uh, Dogon tribe too. Okay. Uh, that they were told by fish people that a giant merwoman created the universe and defeated the devil. They say they've known the orbit of Sirius B since before Galileo knew about heliocentricity. The fish people taught them Sirius B. This is the last sentence, I promise. Uh, taught the Sirius B is a tiny star, but it's extremely dense, firm, and immovable. NASA says the teaspoon of Cyrus B weighs five tons. Which is really dense for a star. That's it. That's what he sent. And, you know, I think... <laughs> I think it's got a good message, you know? Which is... Maybe... Maybe um, maybe people on Craigslist are... Kind of... Kind of... They're great people. Cool people. They got some... They got some really great insights on stuff going on. I don't know, dude. It, it's... What do you make of that? I feel like if there was a Gorgon, that a female god Gorgo, that would be on the East Coast, obviously, not the yeah. fucking West Coast. So right off the bat, I was a little skeptical. And then after that, I just kind of, you right. know, it was easy to point, put poke holes. I, uh, you're right, you're right. He, it was, he was all over the place. You know what? I, I, I just his, his his the Gorgon argument just didn't hold that much water. So here's a, here's another one. Uh, it's just or, a, it's a, or you could take that last lady's entire email to you, yeah. copy and paste and it to send this it person to him. and see what happens. <laughs> Your life is so hard because you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's see what fucking happens. What's the worst thing? <laughs> Oh baby, baby, baby. Okay, I'm. Oh man, you know that. Ever as soon as the uh, like tomorrow morning, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Dude, that's like first thing on the fucking list. Oh, uh, Greg, are you still there? Yeah, sorry, that was a very untimely. P. I was actually laughing that you were okay, laughing. Good. I, I, dude, I, I look like, over I the like phone. The phone's black. You're silent. I'm like, oh no, dude, this is the worst fucking time. <laughs> this is the worst time. What happened? Um, oh man, dude, that is that's genius. That is diabolical, sir. That is the kind of evil thinking that we need on this show. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Uh, here's this. Here's there's like only a couple more. I'm I'm sure we're not gonna get another crazy one, but this one is just like one line, and I didn't read the whole thing, but it looks like it might have something there. I would like to participate. My story takes place about five years ago. A little bit about is one time me and my mom went shopping to the dollar store and this lady claimed she was psychic. Ending turns out she was just cuckoo. Right? All right. Well, maybe they... <laughs> All right, we'll get back to you. Yeah, I know we'll get back to you. Don't worry. Uh, we're Yeah, very interested. We'll give you a call. That was another Seattle one. Or was uh, that a Savannah one? Sounds uh, more like a Savannah one. That that was, that's the other fun part. 
No, that was uh, that was again another Seattle dude. All these are Seattles. All right, so this is the last one. Uh, it just says, "What was the, what is the name of your podcast?" I will check it out and see its genre. It's hard to expect people to just pitch ideas for you without even knowing what type of content. Uh, how about fuck you, Jason Parks? That's that guy's name. Lives in Seattle. I'll put that right out there. How about that? That is exactly the guy that you should tell him what the podcast is because it sounds like he's got such a. A plethora of, of interesting stories. Yeah, it sounds he like, just needs to know: is it a thriller or a cowboy story? Or is hey, it a, how about this? How about uh, this, Jason Parks? Thing? I can't think of a single popular podcast hosted by a guy named Jason Parks. So why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> how about that, a hole? Tell me, you just do you have a weird story or not? Do you have a weird story? Keep fucking walking. That's what I want to. I don't need you to, to subtly and low-key tell me that you have a podcast and that you know how to do it better, asshole. Bam. Bam. Jason. Send. Jason, my podcast is called WTF. My name is Mark Marin. Yes. Take a listen. Let me know what your story is. If Dude, if old dude, wouldn't that be funny? Take a listen and tell me if you, you can hang, motherfucker. Dude, I think I can do that. You know why? Because... A Craigslist keeps your 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 email secret. I don't think it's going to send Road Soda Podcast, or maybe it will. No, if it did, he would have already looked it up. But wait, it happens when you respond. Because he didn't email, he doesn't see my email. He just clicks the little button, it sends it to me. It's got a bunch of gibberish up there. Interesting. I think Craigslist used to, actually, for the first couple of years. No, yeah. wait, the first couple of months... It did let the emails go out, but then after like several hundred murders, they looked into it and said, maybe we should mass them. You know what? How are we going to fix this shit? And like, I don't know, but I don't have any money to do it because it's a free website. <laughs> just, people just got to keep dying. Dude, you know what's crazy is the po- like posting is is charged by like the population of the population size of like where you're posting, basically. Isn't that crazy? So, like, Wait, so when I posted in Savannah, post? when I posted in Savannah, I posted the exact same. I go to creative, I go to uh, gigs, and then creative, and I post there, and it was three dollars. I did that same thing in in Seattle, and it's seven dollars to post, and it, I, I think it was ten dollars in New York City. I didn't even know you had to pay. They to just post started. Crisis. Yeah, it's it's been since like well, the first time I posted it, I didn't have to do it. So it was been since we've started the the whole Craigslist. Uh, so everything you post, you have to pay. Now you have to pay, yeah. Not not for everything. The there are some things I think you can. There's certain sections and certain things you can post, and you don't have to pay. But if if you're posting like, I have a uh, like I'm I'm looking to hire somebody. Yeah, you have to pay. That sounds like a crazy move for Craigslist. Like someone's mm. in there going, "Listen, should we just fucking shut this thing down? We're like almost completely irrelevant." Another guy went, "No, you know what?" Fuck that, dude. Let's start charging. In some moment, I like that. Let's go with Bob's well, now, idea. I mean, at least there's no ads, and you can still peruse. And you, if I want to, like, look at the ad and find something I want, and call the guy and go get something. I mean, I don't have to pay anything. It's just you got to tag. You got to add that in. Like when you when you start posting stuff on Craigslist, you say it's twenty dollars plus seven dollars for the posting fee, bitch. <laughs> you pay me twenty seven bucks. Um. But yeah, so that's all we have. Now I'm totally going to respond to Jason Parks 
uh, with the what you said. I'm going to say the Mark Maron thing because that's genius. You're you're on fire tonight, Mr. McGinnis. Are you gonna wait? So are you gonna like? Do you have like a standard response? You're gonna reply to like a bunch of the people or the people that were just like. You tell me what you're you looking tell me. for. Well, and here's I'll tell the, here's the other beautiful thing about that. This is here's the other beautiful thing. I will respond to every one of those people the same way, and it's just gonna be like anything, whatever. Like you, you obviously emailed me because you have a story in mind. Tell me that story, right? And I'll send that to everybody, and um, uh, maybe one or two will respond back. It happens every time. It happens every time where I respond. People are like, well, what do you want? Like, I've got an interesting story. And I text them back. Okay, give me a synopsis. And they never fucking message me again. It's like, okay, what's what do you do? Okay. But a couple of them do, though. A couple of them like do. The it's tw- like, but it's most often they don't. Most often they don't. I got to say, dude, I remember when you first came up with this idea, and I was like, I love this idea. And I think if it's just something that, you know, it's like anything else. You're just going to throw out a thousand yeah. inquiries to get, like, a couple of nuggets of gold. Yeah. But, I mean, you've already hit a couple of... I mean, the dolphin fucker guy, yeah. that's insane. The summer triple X, that was great. That was, that was great. And yeah. What, and what you do is you just let it... I think if even if we don't get anybody, anybody fun to interview out of this, um, if anything, it's going to be fun week to week to be reading the emails and seeing what we get. Like, that's fun in itself. So, uh, no matter what, we've already, we've, we've already exceeded whatever it is. We've already had a lot of fun. With the uh, more jealous things, that dude, that poor girl, dude, that sounds. She's living in hell. That girl's living yeah. in hell. Yeah, yeah, that does suck. I mean, we can laugh about it. Whether it's like, real or not, up. it's real to her, and she's living in hell. And I feel bad, boy. Anywho's, um, that's that is the Craigslist Chronicles, and then so next week, what we're gonna do is uh, totally gonna go back and. Um, I'm gonna, dude. I'm gonna copy all that one girl's and send it to the other guy and see what happens. Or do you think I should do it the other way around? Yeah. <laughs> that should, would probably be much more damaging because that chick is so <laughs> delusional. She'd be like, "I can't believe he would say that to me," and then she's just gonna be fucking twenty-four hours without sleep, going back at it, thinking about gorgons and her fucking itchy threads, yeah, dude. You should copy paste A to B and copy paste B to A and see what's the better response. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck it, it. baby. <laughs> Just fucking... <laughs> Who says we can't just do both, baby? Come on. It's like Craigslist incredible story. You should take the best chunks of yeah. these that you get and just put them together and then everyone that you want to send something to, you just send them a big fucking dump like both the gorgon thing and the fucking more gallons thing bam dude what type of stores are you looking for man i got all kinds of shit i got all kinds of shit man there's a hotbed then you drop that thing on him bam oh shit man oh shit what the hell i get myself involved with what the fuck is authorities the gorgons i've been thinking about that (laughs) i've been about the gorgons i got threads all of a sudden i got itchy teeth man sounds like she just needs a little meth sounds like she needs Oh man! Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, check it out next week. Hopefully, I think this is always one of my favorite segments. It's uh, always a fun laugh, man. It really is. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Remember. Has this ever happened to you? Huh? Check out this link. Okay. Oh, this is a little naughty. Oh, 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 oh my God! 
What you thought was an innocent hardcore porn link turns out to be horrific fecal play or worse. The World Wide Web is filled with terrible content, near impossible to avoid. Witnessing this content can cause severe psychological damage. Remember is here to change that. Scientifically proven and tested, Remember brings you back through the content that damaged your mind, altering key components, virtually rewriting your memory I was tricked into watching Mr. Hands one time only because I love horses so much, especially my horse Buster. I was so scarred from that video, I didn't even ride a horse or even look at Buster for months. But then I found Remember. Now my memory is the heroic tale of a horse giving its owner the Heimlich Remover. Thank you, Remember. If you are mentally and emotionally broken because of content your awful friends have sent, you can't unsee it, but you can remember it. A Popco brand. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Hello. This is Mom's Baloney Charter. And stated in the charter is that bologna must be fried on high for only uh, for only five seconds on both sides, leaving it pink in the middle before putting it on a sandwich with mayonnaise and mustard. Are you familiar with the charter, Greg? That phrase is very traumatic for me. I one time came out to pee late at night, and a strange man in a mustache was getting a beer out of the refrigerator, and he said, you must be little Greg. I am... Your mom's baloney charter. And uh, I just, I'm not comfortable with the phrase, so I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> Strange man in a mustache? <laughs> oh, okay. Only type of guy that can pull that shit off, obviously. He was, he was in a mustache. And uh, this is the Millennial Book Club, however you say that. And this is the Millennial Book Club where we just fucking watch Netflix originals. We tell you what to watch and then you watch it over the week. And then we come back and we talk about it. And uh, this week was how to fix a drug scandal. And I didn't... I just chose this one because I kept seeing it popping up. Especially with uh, the don't fuck with cats thing. And uh, also it was recommended by somebody else. was like, yeah, you should check that out too. But I didn't know it was going to hit so close to home with you, Greg, because... I'm from Massachusetts, and I've known to dabble in uh, drug chemistry. A little in, and a little uh, little, little crack rock smoking, too, here and there. A little crack rock. Little it crack. happens. We've all been there. You know, to get the work done. That's what it is. It just... I had no idea what this thing was about before it started. So it was, it was, it was interesting for me, actually. Yeah? And, uh, yeah, so let me... Uh, I'm actually pulling up the little... Um, you know blurb. the little blurb and how to fix a drug scandal for you guys uh I, we, we, we we're gonna explain it and everything we also have something very cool and and how to fix a drug scandal here we go this is like the only one where it's not popping up um what the heck usually it just comes up right on the sidebar there of uh in 2013 massachusetts state police arrest 35 year old Crime drug lab chemist Sonia 
Farrick for tampering with evidence. And that's only the beginning. Over time, details emerge. Oh, wait. I think this is the summary of just the first episode. God damn it. Yeah, I I think it is. All right. So what it is is it's about these two chemists... Uh, kind of mostly one chemist, but to help you understand the scope of the situation, they have to explain what this other bitch did like a few months before, right? It was almost like a year before, and uh, why this other, why it mattered so much to the other case. But yeah, they were both some somehow manipulating the the evidence, the drug evidence that would come in from the police, and they would have to test it. And uh, one bitch was just like. I got a lot of work to do. They, it's all heroin, right? <laughs> and the much. other bitch was like, I got a lot of work to do. Where's that meth? And then... Uh, she so, said, I got a lot to do too. It's yeah. all heroin. <laughs> it's exactly. It's all, anyway, <laughs> it's all heroin. And uh, nah, But that's like... I didn't know it was in Massachusetts, man. And so you yeah, were obviously... Uh, you you grew up in like the greater Salem area, right? Yeah, so I would have been more affected by the Annie Dukin side. The Annie Dukin you know, this, side. Yeah. This is one of those. I was thinking of Grant actually, a guy that's not probably going to watch this. We like this was kind of cool. We didn't expect that this is going to be either. Yeah. And I think it it really unfolded into a bunch of stuff. I don't think it needed to be as long as it was. That would be my first comment. I don't think it needed to be four episodes. Did you watch all four episodes? I did. I had to because of our special guest that's coming in at the end of this that people right. will still keep in secret. But yeah. I just wanted to make sure I knew what the deal was, and I like had to Wikipedia the two women, and I wanted to see like the whole epilogue right. and stuff like that. But so the gist was two different women that work for like the police drug lab, not necessarily for the police, although I thought it was funny that when Annie Dukin got busted, it was because the police bought her, like, took her lab over. Yeah. I don't know if that was I don't know if that was made clear in the doc. I don't know if I got it from the doc when I was watching it. But uh, they both are drug chemists, so like when you get arrested for drugs, they the cops bring the drugs to a lab and they go test this to make sure it's actually cocaine and it's not right. You know, I don't powder, baby powder or whatever. Yeah. So they test it and they go, Yep, that's right. They do the actual chemical test, they write on a little piece of paper, that's it. They might even have to go to court and say, uh, what did you pull out of Isaiah's uh, sphincter? It was a little baggie of heroin is that right yes i tested it. actually it was just candle wax he did all that for just candle wax (laughs) there was a lot in there you'll have to be more clear which little baggie uh and then so these two women though for different reasons were totally i mean i would say inept but you know not not just straight up inept but they totally screwed the cases so it resulted in tons of people that got arrested for drug crimes being set free which i thought was totally fucked up yeah. Like that was that was not the best outcome, clearly. Of course, yeah. So with the first one, it makes more sense because there could have totally been people that didn't have those drugs that would have not had gone to prison. Because she was just so that was Annie Dukin. She was because she she just wanted to be like the all star. So she would take they called it uh dry labbing, right? Yeah. Where she would just find a bunch of things that all look the same like a bunch of evidence that all look the same like okay this all looks like coke she would do the test for one of them and she would attribute those results to all of the ones in that group like they're all it's all cocaine just so she and and she was uh like the best person in the lab by like magnitudes you know like she how how much she was cranking out (laughs) and they were just like she's fucking great 
Dude, she well, you was, know, it was really funny, though, because for the years, that lab was run by uh, Health and Human Services, it said. Yeah. And then in 2011, the state police took it over. And very quick, that, that was the year that she got fucked. And the first thing that the cop that was in there said was, hold on, we're looking at the reports. And we're like, everyone's doing like three a day. Right. She did like 46 in a day. What yeah, the how fuck? the fuck is she doing how this shit? fuck do you idiots not recognize this shit? <laughs> and then she was busted like almost immediately. And she, yeah. They went to her. They were like, Annie. She's like, yes, I know. I'm fucking things up. I'm sorry. I just got out of hand. Dude, she almost had her tenure. It was nine years. Yeah. It was right and there. So she was, yeah. So she was there for that long. Nine years. Like tens of thousands of tests. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't think there's anything wrong like with what she, you know, she wasn't doing anything on purpose. She wasn't trying. In fact, I think she was a little zealous. She got, they showed some of the emails when she was going back and forth with the cops, where she was like, let's put these scumbags behind bars. I'm psyched. We're going to get this set. Yeah, you know? because she, she felt like was she, was, she was on the prosecutor side, where they're supposed to be pretty neutral, just like a third party, we test it. But like. Yeah, they're like chemists that you just wanted to test the shit, yes or no. Yeah. Not be like gung ho, you know? But because I think because she was so productive, those people started leaning on her, like, hey, Andy, can you get mine in real quick? This right. guy's a real fucking bad guy. And she was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Don't worry. It'll be positive. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, that was a huge problem because then they're like, yeah. oh, holy shit. So then the main problem that comes up with that is the cops are like, shit. Are we going to – they knew they might have to potentially vacate some people's sentences. So they went, well, how far back do we want to make it go? And they totally tried to underplay it. Yep. And then they got fucked because the defense attorneys for like – it's always for one guy. This guy – Mikos Milakovic. Right. You know, he got busted for fucking 10 cents worth of weed and he's been in jail for nine years. And the, and the cheap-ass defense attorney that he had, the free defender is like all night sleeping behind the fucking place to like get evidence and he digs it up and finds <laughs> out she's been totally fucking tens of thousands of cases and they had to vacate like 20,000 cases when they were done. Yeah. Just for her. Just what for Annie fuck? Dukin. Just for Annie Dukin. That's why, it, and it happened a few months before, this other bitch was caught doing the drugs, and that's why they were so they were trying to downplay it. Like right from the beginning, they were just trying to charge her with like possession of the drug and like tampering one one count of tampering with with evidence. <laughs> yeah, so that lady also right from like 2004, she was in the Western Mass lab, and she pretty much every drug crime in Western Mass. Like if you cut the state in half the long way, yes. most of the people are in the eastern side of it. So in the west. They're bringing shit from all four. Like, they listed some towns that were, like, the very far western corners of Mass. All of it was coming to her. Mm-hmm. Anyone that got busted with drugs, like, west of, I don't know, whatever the fuck city, Springfield, I guess, went to her. And almost immediately, we found out she was doing drugs. Yep. Just just to fuck around in the lab at first. And then she became, you know, a complete junkie for everything. She was doing everything. She's like, yeah, I was doing everything when I ran. I started noticing the... The, the meth was getting a little low, and, the, and then the amphetamine was getting a little low. And then, I like started, and then the ketamine beaker. got a little low. <laughs> it was like, holy shit. It was like a beaker of, of like liquid, what was it, liquid meth? Yeah, the, the, yeah liquid meth and the amphetamine. It was it like was, a quart of milk, and she was putting like two drops on her tongue, and she was fucking pissing fire, like love and life. And then they showed the fucking quart is down to like drops. Yep. She's like, I started to rethink my game plan. Then I dumped in water. And the fucking guy was like, Oh, look at this. It got all low, and now it, it looks just like shows it's all how, water. Dude, just I'm shows, throwing this shit out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, and she's probably like, that's like that's like four weeks of meth. Man, that just shows how little everybody that was working there knew about chemistry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you, like the guy that's running the place, he takes a look at the liquid meth, and he's like, it's getting old. <laughs> like, <just fucking> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It's not I mean, fucking it milk, bro. Have you ever worked in an office with like four people or whatever? It's a small office. It's yeah. Like, hey, anyone notice how Sonya keeps like pissed in her pants and like passing out for hours at a time? Yeah, dude, dude she's been doing that for years. That's just cook? her. That's just her. She just does that. That's she just leaves Sonya. her desk 20 minutes a day sweating <laughs> profusely every fucking 40 minutes. Just She's just wacky. She's just a little wacky drug girl. Lab. What do you think? What do you think? She's like touching these drugs that are just freely sitting here? No way. No. I mean, we all leave each other in here alone pretty often, but I trust Sonya. <laughs> Man, can I... Like, there they was... At one point, they were interviewing the like the manager or whatever. They're like, did you notice anything? And the guy was like, you know, she she, she was pretty meticulous. Uh, she would leave her desk like when, when like on odd times for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. Like, just leave the lab. And... Uh, and he's like, yeah, she would do that a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Meticulous, but also not in the building. I mean, sometimes when stuff gets so fucked up, it's actually good for you because then, like, the people that are supposed to be watching that are going to bust you are like, fuck. All right, how do we spin this so how we do don't I... look like complete negligent <laughs> fucking idiots? Exactly. That's Wait what a the minute. whole. Let's, let's go back. What were some of the things she did? She shot up the office one day, remember, and said, I'm taking hostages if I don't get the rest of that map. <laughs> Nobody mentioned that to the cops. Exactly. That's going to make us look bad. Dude, that's, and that's honestly what this entire documentary is about, is about how the state, or not really, it, I mean, there's like this undertone about how the state was downplaying Sonia Farrick's shit the whole time. It's that exact reason. They're just like, they don't want to look so stupid because there was such a big, like, oversight in the system where these... These are they are the chemists that handle drugs for for for, for like cases not drug tested. All right, listen, you're gonna be handling the taquitos at a Seven Eleven. We're gonna be testing you every seventy two hours. That's right. For you everything. have a fucking gallon of meth. Yeah. With eyedroppers five feet from your desk, we're probably cool. Don't even worry. Yeah, about you that. graduated from Kaiser. You're cool. You, <laughs> dude, because. I think that's oh, what it was. She God. wasn't even like. I think Sonya was just like went to like classes to be one of those chemists, you know. No, I, I know. think she went to. Um, no, she went to a good school. She oh, was. Right. Uh, yeah, without she went go. She went to. Ah fuck! No, no, she was like legit. Oh, okay. She was legit. She went to a college. Remember, she was like a super go getter. Yeah. She was the only girl. Yes. On her high school football team until they were like, all right, this is too much. Yeah. She is fucking math out of her fucking skull. <laughs> She's she an animal in this locker room. The towel snapping is like, you you try. Get out of there. Get her out of there. Dude, it's it was yeah, they were both go getters, man. I think with uh Annie Dukin, right? So she was the one that's like her last name her, her her maiden name was Khan, so uh just like what's his name? Uh Khan Hank Hill's neighbor, right? Anyway, <laughs> maybe they're related. Great aside. Okay, and and so Annie Annie Dukin, it, dude, she's she there. There's definitely something psychologically going on there with her because like uh, uh, she, you could see in all aspects of her life, she just really, really wanted to be like held in high regards, right? And, uh, Isn't that kind of a common thing, though? I yeah, like it is. It is, but it's a not. A million people could have had that job and been in the exact role she was and end up pushed to the point where they're like, Man, we know this is coke. Right. For sakes, the guy was in a shootout with fucking nine cops, and then he was fucked up so much they had to, like, tackle him with seven guys. He comes in and goes, test this. Ah, I don't think that's baking powder. 
something tells me I could probably skip this test. I'm just fucking saying. Yeah, I I mean, you I, I feel like I you you'd have to be pushed pretty hard to start like that's people's like lives and and like their entire and and for her it it's like you know the other people in there weren't doing that stuff and not it wasn't a huge lab. But she was also like none of that sending, was started she was also, a major Netflix production, by the way. I want to throw that out there in her defense. Yeah, she was also sending out like super manipulative emails to like the 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 prosecutors, like trying to get them to like I don't even know what be the, be her boyfriend or something. And she was like married and shit. She was just loose, man. She was loose in the head, and she was doing crazy shit to, that like to make her like she kept telling everybody that she's going to Harvard. I'm going to Harvard. I'm going to Harvard. And she never, but they're like, she never did. She never wasn't going, she wasn't going to night classes at Harvard at all. She was just saying that shit because she liked how people looked at her. They, she would like that people would be like, you're, you're fucking cool because you got the Harvard thing. And uh, it, it pushed her to like, I mean, that's pretty fucked up. It's one thing if you're doing the drug. Honestly, I feel better about the bitch doing the drugs because, you know, you're doing drugs and, and uh, you're, you're, you're actually you testing, you Harvard. you're actually testing all of your shit, you know? Uh, whereas the other lady is just like, dude, some people might just be getting fucked or something might happen where they were just given something fake, you know? And that's like a, Jesus, that's big, man. That's huge. That's a big deal. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in the whole thing was that lady, Sonia, that was doing the drugs out in the Western mass lab. They kept interviewing her mom. She was like, I don't know what happened. She was such a good girl. And then she was like, no, they're saying, Sonia, that maybe some of the tests weren't right or whatever. She's like, oh, no, Ma, I fucking tested all that shit personally. <laughs> I think the one thing we know is all that shit was real. <laughs> I had a good handle on the fucking oh, I knew. of all that shit. And she was, yeah, she was adamant about that. Like, because it was really cool. Let's talk about just for a second how the interview, not the interview, like the, the way the show itself was, was filmed. I really, really liked the documentary and how they did all of like the... And how they shot it. I liked it. It was, they had some cool, like, graphic design things and, like, the timeline that kept popping up. It made it very easy to follow, like, what was going on. And, were you uh, thinking, were you thinking about, like, how much time they spent, like, reenacting Sonya getting all yeah. fucked up in her office? Yeah. I was like, wow, they had, like, a full day shoot of someone just, like, yeah. snorting and dropping stuff and just making the fucking. I was like, that's pretty good. Snorting lines, take two, snap. So, <laughs> We go. I mean, she did a lot of drugs in the office. That was like yeah. thirty minutes of the thing was like these these recreations, dramatic recreations of her yeah. smoking a crack pipe in the bathroom. They had it that looked like they tried to recreate the actual bathroom of the place. It did. Like that's that's authentic. And you saw the 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 yeah. It was kind of strange. I don't know how I felt about that. About like the acting it out on stage. Um, not not on stage, but like having that lady do like reenacting it. But I was like, you know, I'll I'll try to believe it. I'll try to join it just so I can see what what she's saying and whatnot. But it was so hard to watch that lady act like she had act like she was somebody who was just doing drugs in a and testing them for like ten years. No she, shit. That bitch she never clearly, done a, that, that that bitch never done meth in her life. <laughs> she <laughs> she clearly went off the deep end at the end. Some of the stories at the end, she was like. Yeah, I ran out of like everything in the office, and I went back through some of the evidence, and I pretty much did all the drugs anyone was arrested for in Western Mass for nine years. There was nothing left. <laughs> Dude, that's I couldn't even buy baking powder at CVS anymore. They would give me a weird look. Yeah. So then I started I, liquid LSD. I was like, "Fuck it, let's just try that." 
fill up a tampon with liquid LSD and <laughs> ride that for half an hour. With that for half an hour because that's all it worked for. And then, dude, that she she needs to be in the damn Hall of Fame, the drug <laughs> the drug Hall of Fame. When I, I was telling my uh, I was telling my dad about what the show is about, and he told me he's like, yeah, there was a a lab, uh, not a drug lab. There was a, a holding area, like the evidence holding area for what he. So he worked for federal law enforcement, so like for the border patrol, and uh, so everything that was like seized coming over the border and anything. That was it was kept in this evidence in like Yuma, Arizona or some shit, and uh, he told me he w- he didn't tell a lie. He he was just like, yeah, that basically the same thing happened. They they found out that the guy that was like running that like there was only a couple people that like ever really went in there, but one time they had to go back and get some evidence from like a long time ago, and they because it, it, it they hadn't destroyed it yet, and uh, it wasn't there, and and. The guy was like selling it and using it and like <laughs> doing all kinds. Of, it's a very similar story. But, I mean, I I think it's probably kind of common. And yeah. when you think about how poor the controls were there, I, I think in Massachusetts they probably do a better job of it now. But I bet you that's happening all over the place. Yeah, it really is. And so a documentary like this is gonna because they say it a number of times in like the beginning and stuff where they're like, yeah, there's like no oversight. These people are just coming. Like honestly. If there was even drug testing, like she clearly was not being drug tested, you know. But um, I, I think it's it's an easy thing. The drug thing, obviously, it's easy. People do drugs yeah. when they have access. Yeah. So that's that's that lady. And the like other the lady, auditing. Annie Dukem. That's like a thing that can happen to Annie Dukem because people want to help. You're in a role where you're, you know, I mean, when you read the paper, sometimes you're like, oh, good, they got that fucking guy. He's a fucking right. scumbag, and she could actually play a role. And so I just was looking around, and I saw a lady named Joyce Gilchrist on a very similar thing. She was a forensic chemist chemist in Oklahoma City, and she went nuts. They called her Black Magic because she was able to match DNA evidence in major like capital crimes that other forensic examiners could not. So this lady is like worse. Yeah, how do you think she did it? How do you think she did it, right? She could put all these people away, and like dudes were sentenced to death and shit because she found the hair sample last second and threw it in there and she was like super gung-ho about let's put these fuckers away rapists Jeez. murderers whatever so it's i think it's probably a, a common thing these are not machines these are people yeah i don't well i mean it also is like a a poor like poor auditing you know or like there's yeah. like oversight like you should it should you should there's so many things along the line uh, that where she was like choosing her own shit was it, no, I think I th- was Annie, no, I think yeah, uh, Dukin was choosing her own stuff too. She made sure she got like really big cases, I think, didn't she? I think she was. Yeah, yeah. she definitely was. Like you should because be, not not yeah. because she wanted to do it. That's funny. They're both choosing big cases. Yeah. The lady in Eastern Mass because she wanted to get some credit and like yes. move up the ranks. The other one was like, I need a score. Can you guys bust someone with a, a you know a half a pound or whatever the thing exactly. was? She didn't like the little the little bus because she was going to do the whole thing and it would be gone. Exactly. She couldn't even, she's like, I couldn't take any because they'd notice it. Don't you think, so my, my number one thing before we bring our special guest on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super we excited to, about, Yeah. don't you think they could, they have all the shit in the lockers. Why couldn't they just go back and retest it? If someone wanted to say, hey, my case should get thrown away. And actually, you know what, this is probably something to talk about with Darren. Can I, can I introduce our special guest on this uh, particular program? Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so, I'm pretty. It's pretty awesome. 
and we're going to call him up in a moment, but I got a buddy, Darren, who's a lawyer. He's from Massachusetts, great friend of mine. We didn't go to high school together. He went to the private high school because he was like a, you know, hardcore guy. He went to Fordham Law School, which wow. is in New York. And it's pretty hardcore. And he said, when I, I asked him about it, because I said, you know what, it's in Mass. I didn't expect that he was actually involved with it. I just said, you must have heard of this because I had moved out of Massachusetts in 2011 before any of this shit broke. Uh, he was like, yeah, dude. He said, one of my cases, one of my clients was, uh, you know, the case was exonerated because of Andy Tukum. Yeah. So, so I said, oh, man, we got we to gotta have you come on for this NBC because it'd just be kind of neat to have a guy that was actually involved in it. Because I actually want to talk about the bigger issues involved here. I, I know you probably have some stuff to say about it. And, you know, I like, we like to joke around and we'll, we'll keep it jokey. But this, is kinda, this was a confusing thing for me this episode, to watch this because I didn't know how I felt. I didn't know what I was happy about. Right. Which way things were going. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. I I mean that's that's like why that's like what a good documentary does, you know. It's kind of like what do you you kind of decide? How do you feel about this? What's happening? So, uh, this it's actually really really cool that we are able to get a little extra out of this one. So, yeah, let's absolutely we're going to give him a give him a call. This episode is brought to you by Faux Diplome University. Faux Diplome University. Real degrees for real people. Guaranteed degrees, guaranteed dignity. I'm Ted Kavinsky. I've been working at Walgreens for three years and I was passed over for a promotion twice, all because I didn't have a degree, even though I was a better employee and more knowledgeable about the job. And then I found Faux Diplome. Now I choose who gets the promotions. Faux Diplome University has been creating stories like this for over a year. We pride ourselves on having the highest graduating percentage of any university. That's because at Faux Diplome, getting your degree is as easy as paying your tuition. Once the tuition is paid for your degree, it will arrive at your door in the amount of time it would typically take to earn that degree. Enroll in the AA program, and in two years, you will be a degree-carrying hot commodity in today's job market. And while you wait, you can keep your friends and family off of your back by telling them you are enrolled as a student, knowing you will be guaranteed their sweet adulation when your degree finally arrives. Faux Diplome University, giving people better jobs with a framed piece of paper. A Popco brand. All right, so here for the Millennial Book Club, we have a very special guest, a very old, longtime friend of mine, uh, Darren. Darren, how are you doing this evening? All right, other than the fact that the first thing you, you did to refer to me was to say old. Oh, well, <laughs> pretty well. Listen, I, I got my hand in a Bible, and uh, yeah, you are fucking old. You went to high school around <laughs> the same time I did, so we're, we're going we're gonna to do it right here on a show about legal malfeasance. As opposed uh, to when we used to chase the girls with the bobby socks, I guess. Yes, back then in our Studebakers. You know Not that old. Darren, your accent hey, is so... Lawrence Welk. Uh, <laughs> Darren, Darren, your accent is so thick. I love it, man. Uh, Greg's really lost his accent, and maybe he'll he'll start to ease into it a little uh, throughout the, the interview. No, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm actually, uh, I say I'm jealous because... You have accents that aren't continuously marked in every single movie. Well, oh, I like it. I like it. You know, wait, without, without saying exactly where it is, I would like to give you one, one besides the fact that Darren is a lawyer and right. he's going to give us some insight on this case. Yes. I'd like to tell you one famous thing 
about Darren, and that is his house, which is in Massachusetts, was filmed. It was in a very famous scene in a movie called The Fighter. You familiar with the movie The Fighter with uh, The Fighter? Marky Mark. Marky Mark played a boxer. Oh, it's like recent, right? Yes. When did The Fighter come out? I believe it came out, I want to say it was filmed in 2009. It came out in 2010. And just let the record show that my house was not in the scene where there was a crack house. <laughs> it wasn't the crack that house. That Eklund was in. <laughs> no, that's just kind of cool because it was actually a really cool scene in the movie. But we won't give away his identity or anything further than that. I just want to say yeah. his, his home may or may not have been in a seminal allegedly. moment of an important, allegedly, in a seminal <laughs> moment of an important film. Uh, so, Darren, tell us about your involvement with with this drug scandal. Okay. Um, what happened was a case came to me. It was a family of a gentleman who had been arrested and charged with intention to distribute heroin. Okay. And what happened was he was sentenced to jail and subsequently deported. And the issue was on the certificate where the substance that they claimed he was attempting to distribute was taken to the state crime lab to be examined and on the certificate noting that it was heroin one of the signatures are uh, from amy ducan right so where you've seen that you know about what was going on with that yes how she was going around procedures not complying with procedures and even altering results yeah now obviously People who are accused of selling drugs who are immigrants are not the most sympathetic group right now. If you were to have a poll for your program, who's, who has a more favor, who your listeners have a more favorable view of, first responders, hospital workers, or immigrants who are charged with drug possession? You know, Darren, little know known fact, our key demographic <laughs> is immigrants who intend to distribute drugs. So. Yeah. It's a real, so real niche, but real niche okay. group, but they're they're committed. So, in other words, if my house was in Narcos, you would have had me on sooner. Exactly. <laughs> Narcos. Narcos. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Narcos. Yeah. I love yes, it. Yes, I watch it while I'm eating my chowder. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's leaning into it now. That's so. The, so this. Uh, so the case had to get thrown out. Except what happened was I had to file a motion to dismiss, right. which I did, went through the reports, the statements that were made. And I will say this, where people have the view of the court scenes that they see on TV with people arguing back and forth. This matter was in Suffolk County, which is Boston. Uh -huh. And the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office could not have been better in terms of cooperation and working with them to get the charges dismissed against my client. The charges... Also, in addition to that, a warrant that was outstanding for his arrest were not going to his probation appointment, which he could not make due to the fact he had been deported. <laughs> they really got him on that one, huh? <laughs> exactly. That's why one can make the argument that the border crossings may just be people trying to get to their probation appointments and jury duty. I don't know. Damn, they have a special parking lot where they leave the deported people's cars and they put a new ticket every day. That's right. For just this occurrence. So you can come back. Yeah, exactly. You got some tickets. Well, if it's a parking ticket, they're not getting out of it no matter where they go. That's right. <laughs> It'll follow you to the grave, sir. Exactly. I, then they you know, so when you were telling me about it, it was interesting to me because the way they made it sound in the, in the show, 
the people like once the once the district attorneys like all right we have to exonerate these cases they just said let everyone go but you said as as you just said that's not the way it went the guy had to get his lawyer to file a motion and then reach out to the court and go through all this da 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 and then actually go to a court in front of the judge and they do all that song and dance and then they go your honor uh, here's the motion my client's stuff was you know doctored by Annie whatever and they went okay you're good he's out so they had to do that 35,000 times basically exactly there oh, were several attorneys involved seems in like an insane waste of money that tells me that lawyers <laughs> came up with the program they're like hold on if you just let them all go no one gets paid how about we stretch it out to about 11 billable hours you know what we're gonna do 000. we're gonna call it the dukin we're gonna take dukin's method and we're just gonna look at all the cases and say they're they're good or they're not good yeah, no, they said, we're going to stretch this out. He goes, this is what we're going to do with this big law firm, all right? We're going to get a huge bag of meth because we're going to be up all night billing the shit out of this. And we're going to let everyone go 11 hours at a time. We're going to make millions of dollars. That's what, that's probably how it really went. Um, no, I mean... <laughs> is that awful? About the comments when I said that lawyers have regulated, that got the biggest laugh out of the both of you. <laughs> Yeah, nobody likes lawyers. Even lawyers don't like lawyers. They just don't recognize. They so think it's the other guys. I'm, I'm interested to know, like, what what happens? So the thirty-five thousand cases are all just they're they're whatever. Then what happens? Exactly. Are they just they're just like that forever, or are they allowed to like? That's it. The whole case is just done. Well, the records weren't sealed, and so people have gotten out of jail now. There was an issue a couple of years ago where there was a road rage incident. Somebody shot someone. The person died, and turns out the person who was alleged to have done the shooting was one of the people released. Right. However, on the date of the shooting, even if that person had served their full sentence, they would have been out of jail by that point in time. So, no harm, no foul, right? And, well, <laughs> in a manner well, of speaking, you know what you're saying? You have to say thoughts and prayers with the families of, of the person who was lost. Of course. And prayers. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that it's it's it's... And are you, how, are there any other things of this magnitude that you know of that happen, that have happened like anywhere else? I know Greg did a little bit of looking into it. What, I mean, there anything? was one matter. I haven't, I haven't handled any of these, but I know the calibration machines for the breathalyzers in Massachusetts. I had read a couple of things that they said that they may have given out false um, readings of over the legal limit. And that's why, for a while, they were suspending breathalyzers. But I mean, again, I'm just going on what I've seen in the papers. So wait, so you're saying they were too trigger, they were too tight, meaning people that weren't drunk were getting accused of being drunk? Exactly. We took the breathalyzer, and the breathalyzer may have went over the magic number of 0.08. Because oh. I know that the Kennedys buy cars specifically installed with those magic breathalyzers, where nobody's blowing <laughs> illegal. I don't give a shit how wet the car is. You, you're fine, sir. Keep going. Yeah, no, the irony is, actually, I mean, <laughs> those would be good if they worked just with alcohol. But I've heard, I spoke to someone that worked for one of the companies that does those for the cars for people who've had a couple of OUIs. And they said that soda could set it off. What? Really? That's some... Exactly. That's soda with a kick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good excuse. Hey, boss, I hate to tell you, but I'm not going to make it into work today. A couple of sodas, and this thing's on the fucking fritz. That's <laughs> so, right. But, <laughs> you know, you know, a couple of Diet Cokes do me. <laughs> Goddamn Pepsi. Pepsi won. I don't know what but to But then you. also, too, I mean, if um, 
couple of people who don't drink could probably make a good living going down by the bars and everything and just for a couple of dollars blowing into the cars oh, yeah. down the start. I mean, if that's, I mean, you could, you can make a lot of money blowing a lot of things. I mean, that's probably the thing I would choose. Hey, hey, that's an honest day's work. It's an honest day's work. I hang out by people's cars and go down the breathalyzer so they can safely drive drunk. All right, that's not cast people in glass houses and whatnot. Okay, it's different. I get. I am not advising this. I have to say that. Sounds like a pretty good racket. I'm kicking back with you on a Saturday night, but Monday morning I do have to earn a living. Exactly. <laughs> wait, so, oh, so make a living. So wait, so this was a huge deal. When I was watching this, I was like, holy shit, this is a lot of people arrested for a bunch of shit that I don't think is, I don't know, necessarily arrestable. I get it. It's one thing if you're like an actual criminal, like a violent criminal shooting people and doing the shit for drugs, but I just have a hard time with a guy getting thrown up in jail for doing his own drugs, you know? I mean, if you're driving while you're under the influence, that's different. You're in danger. But if you're like in your house... Doing your own thing, I don't really give that much of a shit about it. So I wanted to ask you, Darren, as a guy who had someone whose case was exonerated, what do you think about these 35,000 people all being released because of this bullshit technicality? I mean, come on. We know that 99% of these people actually did what they did, and Annie was doing her thing with her paperwork. She was doing the Lord's work. Well, had she conducted the paperwork, though, 99% of these freaking people right. had coke or crack or heroin or whatever. So what are your thoughts about the outcome of this? Are you happy with it? Is there something you would have rather seen done? Like, what do you think about the outcome of this? It's what needed to happen when, all seriousness, due process. People are entitled to due process. And what, and with what you had was, think about it this way. Let's, unfortunately, this will be painful for many, but let's go back to high school. Oh. Chemistry class. <laughs> chemistry labs. We had to do the work. We couldn't not do the work. And then say, oh, yes, we conducted the ex cut class, say that we conducted the experiment and get an A on it. You yeah. had to do the work. And she wasn't doing the work. Now, so conceivably, they could grab someone coming out of the supermarket with oregano, bring it to Annie. She could say it looked like marijuana, check off on that. And somebody could be looking at a drug conviction. Yeah. And I think you, know you referenced earlier, these sentences can be rather draconian yeah. and ruin people's lives. And also, too, yes, a lot of the people have played guilty because they have to, because of what the alternative is, what the penalties entail. And if they yeah. have someone who's coming in under the guide of science, that they use the scientific method to establish a conclusion where it's a lie, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean... That is. No, you're absolutely right. I remember listening to a an episode of. Uh, this guy's a great lawyer. He's a great. He's a great lawyer. This guy just convinced of, you, Greg. This guy just changed your mind. Well, no, listen. There is an argument there because there's probably a couple of people, you know, and there's a part of me that's like, shit. How shitty would it be if you got busted because you know someone that didn't like you, you know, made the cops go after you and the, you didn't have anything, but they planted shit and now you're in jail. I mean, that's like you know third world country shit that you just. You like to think that you're free from here. And I did see a thing. Uh, there's a podcast series that you might like, Darren, actually. It was called Serial. Third season, they went into the Cleveland uh, Justice Centers, and w they came away with the reporting that the only thing in the criminal justice system that hasn't increased like a hundredfold in the last 30 or 40 years is the friggin' DAs and the assistant DAs. And so their caseloads are so ridiculous that everything is driven to a plea bargain and like you just said, you don't, you know, getting busted 
in a certain part of town is an automatic misdemeanor because you're not going to go to court because they're going to fucking throw they're going to threaten to throw the book at you unless you plea to like a year and you're like I didn't do anything and they're like you go to court we're going to fucking shoot for nine years and you're like exactly. what the fuck and your defense attorney goes dude I'm on meth I, I like your odds going with a year I don't get out for another six months myself so I think you should take the deal oh exactly I think this was also referenced a while back I was watching a an episode of John Oliver, and he was noting public defenders in New Orleans had what, on average, eight minutes to work on a case or seven minutes to work. I think he That's said seven so minutes to work. Up. Holy shit. Which I think he quantified that as, I believe, 30 seconds less than Billy Joel's scenes from an Italian restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a long ass song. This is a long song. Oh, it yeah. is. I mean, it's know, ridiculous. They, they can, like, Increase staffing so that way you can maybe get it up to I don't know why MacArthur's Park or possibly in, in the Garden of Vida. Right, yeah, like ten or twelve minutes to decide someone's fate. Jeez. So that is messed up. And so that brings me to the second point, which is as a lawyer, what do you think about? Or just you know, as a dude from Massachusetts, what do you think about drug crime? I mean, is it fucking what what percentage of the of the crime that we're looking at is involved with a dude getting caught with a joint or a bag of something? Or whatever, you know. Or do you even care if it's the dude that sells to his his little his family and his ten? You know what I mean? His cousin and his aunt and his three buddies. Who gives a shit? Well, no, I mean, well, on its own, it doesn't seem like it matters as much. But with the stricter drug laws, I think what they were trying to model those after is the RICO laws that were put in against organized crime, stiffer penalties. And what that does is that makes people. If somebody's selling, again, these small amounts that you mentioned, they may be inclined to say who they bought them from, where they can then go after them and go after the people who they're getting them from. Because when you look at it, I mean, I read this book years ago, and when you mentioned the topic tonight, I took another flip through it. Freakonomics, how, yeah. to put it in racial terms, from pretty much the 1940s and then accelerating the 1960s, the disparity, this this the disparity between blacks and whites in terms of earnings, education, infant mortality was narrowing going into the late 70s. And then what happened? Crack cocaine came in and then they started widening again. I mean, one of the writers said that, basically said that crack for the African-American community has been Jim Crow 2.0. Right, because so it puts the fathers in prison. stricter laws to try and stop this. And the damage that it has been doing to a lot of these poorer communities. Well, what do you think it's doing? Do you think stricter drug laws? We, we've had a good amount of time now where the drug laws have been pretty draconian. Do you think that it's helping? Or do you think we need to fucking try a different angle? We need to have fucking two million people in jail? And no, and what, what, and what, what you said, I mean, the other argu argument you can make is because of these laws, there's many homes in these poorer communities where they're it's not a father in due to jail time. And then even after, when they do get out, having a criminal record isn't something that endears people to an employer. Yeah, it's very tough. Your life is, is fucking changed. I mean, what do you think, Isaiah? At the end of this thing, when they say 35,000 people get out, I mean, are you happy about that? Or are you like, do you think people should be in jail? Or do you think, like, um, what the fuck were they in the jail for the first place for? I think this is... The most serious thing we've ever talked about on this podcast. <laughs> so I, I, I honestly, I can't see how it could be done any other way. And um, 
I mean, if if yeah, if there was a, such a large piece of the entire the entire um, process that was so fucked with, right? <laughs> Uh, then, then you, you, how could you not? You'd have to throw out all these cases. And if, is it good or bad? I don't, I don't know, man. I like. I think it's good because if it, I mean, the the in those those parts of the law and those parts uh, are are there to help us overall. And then in very specific situations, in in novelty novel situations like this, uh, you know. It it has it, it you we couldn't see something like this coming you know, and uh, where where so many people are gonna get let out because of one person in the whole process, but uh, I don't know man I I I think drugs over and and to to comment on another thing that you said about the as far as drugs yeah I mean so much of the drugs uh like the drug arrests are just people you know. People like just doing the drugs, you know. This is recreational drugs. Recreational yeah, drugs. you know. At the it's, end, did you watch Christ. all four eps? I did watched. You, the, have... I watched uh, the first, uh, just two. Just two. So at the end of the fourth one, all the defense attorneys get together with the big ACLU guy, and they have a big party to celebrate. They they got thirty five thousand people off, and uh, they had these shirts. It was kind of funny. They had these shirts printed up that said "Flaw and Order Mass Exoneration Unit." And they were all laughing, but it wasn't lost on me that these guys are all sitting there drinking alcohol, like, you know, scotch and fucking whiskeys and fucking high, whatever. And I'm like, so they can do that and laugh about these people getting thrown in drug in jail and then released on a technicality for doing their I'm, fucking drug of choice. Right. You know what the Again, fuck? Though, I mean, going back to Andy Ducan, though, is more than a technicality. And you know what? You don't have to listen to me. I actually have her words right here. This is a statement that she gave to the state police. And this is even after they told her that she could obtain an attorney. I'll read it. I, Annie Dukin, had taken samples of SAFE and tested them without them being signed out as proper procedure. I also went in the evidence logbook and post-dated and filled, in, and filled the logbook in. I signed my initials and an evidence officer's initials in the book. That was my mistake, and I can't deny that. Mistake. I also fast and put similar samples together and tested some and not others i dry lapped now on a side that just means looking at it and not doing the requisite work so sure. the chemist just looks at something and just decides what it is as opposed to doing the chemical analysis i figured i'd throw that word in there since you all just met it's crazy the there's a word for it <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, and, and, oh and to throw this awful saying from a movie wait there's more i have been doing it for about two to three years at times a few, I had to add a sample that came back from mass spec to make it what I said it was. I would get the sample from a known sample. I would try to clean it, the original, up first. But if it didn't, I would need to take something, drugs, from another case. I intentionally turned a negative sample into a positive a few times. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. And this is bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's bad. Shit. That's definitely bad. That goes beyond... Uh, you know, what's reasonable. But so let me ask you this. So are we to believe that all of the samples now in those lockers are all tainted? They just can't go back and just test and go, yep, turns out that was heroin, Hector. Yep, turns out that was heroin. Yep, well, yeah, turns because, out that was coke. Because she um, did say that no, she they, went back and changed some of them. So she like had to, she replaced the drugs with something else. So if they go back and they test that, that's like, 
that's going to be the drug she put there. Well, that's the thing. To retest it would have, as the case law said, violated a defendant's due process right. Yeah. Yep. And also, too, at this point, a retesting would have been impossible. And I believe, Greg, as you had said, even if it was some, it's the, um, in this case, the, the Latin phrase come into, comes into play. Falsus in uno, falsus in omnibus, which means false in one thing, false in everything. Yeah. yeah. Good thing you yeah. told us because I, I really I didn't I would have no idea what that said. <laughs> <laughs> False. Well, I like that. You know, it's it's funny. I guess um, I, I like, like I said, I just walked away from this program thinking, feeling confused. That was I supposed to be happy that all these people were let out? How about the guy, Darren? I know you didn't watch the show. You kind of lived it, so that was kind of why we brought you on. But during this uh, four part thing, they talked about a guy who at some point he was let out of jail because when, once they started the investigation on the chemist, they said, we're going to let everyone out for now until we figure out what's going on, which I thought was a terrible short-sighted decision. But I can see the point where they're like, oh, let's let these fucking guys out. Then they went, no, fuck it. We're only going to let a few people out. They brought people back in. They were like, what the fuck? They had lived in their homes for like a year, and now they're going to go back to jail. And then that one guy, they, they showed one guy that was back and forth, and this defense attorney was like, fuck, man. I finally dug up the information to say this lady was definitely doing drugs. This was one of the Western Mass ones where yes. the lady was actually doing the drugs. And uh, she was arguing, I knew these drugs were all good, believe me. I tasted every goddamn one of them. It was all legit. I would have told you. I would have tried to get some drugs for them. You didn't get his drugs. Go get the drugs. You missed them. It was really funny how adamant she was at how correct. Like, it, she stated it multiple. No, they, it's, it's correct. <laughs> Those are drugs. I, you got me on video. I was pretty fucked up there. Look at my eyes. You telling me that's not drugs? <laughs> Look at me drive out of the parking lot. You telling me that wasn't legit drugs? No. So, but, so the guy I mean, got out of jail twice. Time. The second time he, he got out of jail, he had, he had a hard time readjusting to life. And then he said to the attorney, like, am I out? Or is this something that might happen again? I'm going to have to go back. And the defense attorney, not wanting to say that it's for sure, he said, man, for right now, it looks good. He said, I just, I don't know what to tell you, man. And the guy had such a hard time with it. They feel like it drove him to suicide and he fucking OD'd. And he fucking, he killed himself. And the defense attorney was all broken up about it. He was like, fuck, man. And like, if the guy never got let out of jail, he probably doesn't kill himself. So he's living in jail. But at least he's alive. Now I feel like because we fucked him around a couple times, yeah. he just couldn't deal with it. Am I a criminal? Am I in jail? Am I not? Life outside is difficult for me, and I can't readjust because I might have to go back. I, you know, so there were some real tragic circumstances to the, the fuck around here uh, where people going back and forth. And I just, I'm still not 100% sure that they got the drug thing right. I think real hardcore penalties might help people rat on the guy that they got the drugs from. But as far as I know, if I know anything from watching mob movies, those guys have much harder penalties for ratting than what the DA is going to slap on them. So I think it just ends up squeezing a bunch of guys to the point where they go to jail for fucking 25 years for a fucking little bag of something stupid. Right. Yeah, and I mean, you can see now as well where um, in many parts of the country, the drug laws are being eased. I mean, yeah. I'd yeah. be a grunt's actually pitching CBD oils. He's pitching it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when he wasn't back. winning the WWE, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's pitching him when he wasn't winning the WWE title. <laughs> one of those, one of those kind of guys. Yeah. That, Actually, a quick question: Where we, uh, 
And aside, Rhea's heading down that way. Is he still WWE champion where he's playing for your team? Who's who are we talking about? <laughs> uh Bronk. Oh oh I don't know. Did he actually get into did he actually get into wrestling? I don't know if he did I, get into wrestling. I think I he like did. That. I saw it on the news. It was no, I mean, yeah, no, I, I thought he was like I thought he was like a guy, like a like a promoter guy. I didn't know was he actually wrestling? I think he was. No shit. You know what? The schedules just came out, by the way, on a totally unrelated note. And the Saints are hosting the box week one, baby. Oh, wow. So that should be a good game. We get the good. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski pony show week one. That's I can't good. wait. That's going to be fun. So, all right, guys. This is this is running into a, now uh, the entire, the, the whole second week, 50 minutes. We've been talking for just over, uh, just over 40. No, 30. I'm sorry. But uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Darren, for... for doing this there was this was like a really really great insight especially because you're so well spoken and you plainly very good at your job like it's uh you you yeah you thank you thank you man thank um, and you all, he's a lawyer to, just to end on a serious note i found this out <laughs> that's what we like things, to do here <laughs> one of the things that i had submitted um from a case back in 1956 uh justice earl warren the untainted administration of justice is certainly one of the most cherished aspects of our institutions. Its observance is one of our proudest posts. Therefore, fastidious regard for the honor of the administration of justice requires the court to make certain that the doing of justice be made so manifest that only irrational or perverse claims of its disregard can be asserted. My flag is at full mast all of a sudden. Thank you so much. <laughs> And thank you so much for having Beautiful. me. Yeah. Hey, you Thanks, are man. our official legal correspondent for Road Soda, and I, I love you, man. Thank you so much for thank coming you. on. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, I love the both of you in a non-sexual way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that, dude, Greg, first of all, nice work on that because that all worked out because I, I, I said way early on, I had no idea this was all took place in Massachusetts, and then, of course, it hit close to home for you, but then even more close to home where you pulled in your friend Darren, who was amazing, by the way. Like, Yeah, was, no, he was great. That worked out nice. I didn't know he was going to be directly involved. I thought I was going to get his lawyerly take on it. Are you paying attention to this, Netflix? We are fucking upping the game on the right. NBC. When are you going to reach out? Hey, man, yeah, they already, uh, yeah. Pricks. Pricks. We're doing All the right, Lord's work out here. <laughs> and and you know what? I, yeah, man, he was so well spoken and great. And um, and man, it was it was uh, there was anyway. We have to any other time we can do something like that. And I think we got to have that guy on the show just uh, in about something else. Like anytime we need some lawyer shit, let's call him up. We should, dude. I said that to him. I said, let's see how this went, how it goes, and like we'll sleep on it. I said we got to find a way to have like the legal, uh, the official legal yeah. correspondent. He could be like our Stephen Colbert, yeah, because he's such a straight man that like anything you say seems so funny because he's like reading legal documents and shit, yeah. you know. He, yeah. and, he, and he is funny too. He actually yes. is funny because when he comes up with shit, his some of his references like he assumes that you also grew up with him like I did. Yeah, so uh, he will drop these fucking. <laughs> <laughs> He was supposed to, I'm just sitting there. I was like, okay. Some of the polls, I was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, he's, he's great. Well, this guy, yeah, he, he was really awesome. And I'm, I would love to have him on the show. Like, anytime we have any kind of legal question, we'll just go, let's call up Darren. See what he has to say. 
And uh, so thank you to Darren, and thanks again. Thank everybody. So yeah, and next week's Millennial Book Club. Also, how about you guys can send us your thoughts on this thing? Like, how do you feel about all the like thirty-five thousand people just getting let out because of what happened? And uh, what are your thoughts? You can send that to roadsodamail at gmail.com or you can call and leave a message to 706-200-1213. Alrighty. And uh, next week's Millennial Book Club is 100 humans. And uh, 100 human, 100 people from diverse backgrounds participate in experiments exploring age, sex, happiness and other aspects of being human. I think this is just going to be one of those It's going to be a really fun show, a little more lighthearted and uh, but it's going to give us a lot of good conversation, a lot of good things to talk about. If you've ever watched Family Feud, this is like behind the scenes. Where do they get those questions and answers? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> We asked 100 people, what do you say to a hairbrush on Tuesday? You ever notice how dirty it got with Steve Harvey in there? It's like 100 people where do you like to put it? Show me. Oh, brother, come on. This is crazy. The butt. <laughs> show me. The, whoa. And I'm like, it's the a family show. Sink. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, yeah. And I'm so I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be good. And uh, so, guys, watch that and come back next week and we'll, we will talk about it because that's how this works. I... I had a lot of fun, and you know what? At the end of the day, that's that's what it's all about. We're out here having fun. It was a good episode. Greg, what did you learn? What did you learn, sir? You know, I learned that uh, the chemists are really important when it comes to uh, drug issues, which I don't necessarily agree with, but what are you going to do? Yeah, they are really important, and I learned uh, they're very important and very ignored. They're very, there's like no oversight. Zero. Zero Minimal. oversight. And I also learned that um, everybody hates uh, Carol Baskin. Everybody. I, we knew that. But yeah, did right. you, we, that was bolstered. Yeah. I saw a, a clip from Jimmy Fallon posted a video. You might have saw this. And uh, it was him as Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic. That was his uh, thing. Because he said that Nicolas Cage was cast... As Joe Exotic, I don't know there if that was. There is gonna be a movie. There is I gonna be I've a movie. I don't know if that was. He was just making all that up, but he didn't say. Oh yeah, he actually wasn't cast for the movie. I'm just doing this to do the bit because I think it'd be funny to be Nicolas Cage as. It's like doing Norm Macdonald as, uh, fucking what's his name. Neil. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, it's like one of those things. So yeah, Nicholas Cage is what's his name, and uh, but dude, then I started thinking about Nicholas Cage. I was like, yeah, he could look the most like him. He really could. He could, man. Especially <laughs> from the Raising Arizona days, he kind of was Joe Exotic. In yeah. Arizona. Um. You, you know what else I learned is if you are going to uh, take money out of a paraplegic's mouth with your ass cheeks, yeah, you really want to have sensible footwear on. I think that's, you know, that's that's a small point, but and it may not come up. Now, but something to consider. Yeah, and I want to just let everybody know that. Uh, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Greg something happened off camera with me and Isaiah, and I was talking about the off mic stuff. The no, that wasn't off mic. That was next week's content. 
for the so we're we're a week ahead with the Craigslist stuff, and we, we gotta cut this. that out. We can't have that in now. Fuck. Now, nah, no, it's staying, man. That's just that. You know, do you know what we call that in the biz, Greg? Call that a teaser. <laughs> if you want to stick around for ash cheeks and paraplegics, that'll probably be the the name of next week's episode. And uh, thank you guys for listening. You can write into the show roadsodamail at gmail.com. Let us know what you think and all that stuff, and uh, whatever you want to say. Call in 706-200-1213. And that's it. Greg, uh, as you always tell them. Wait, you know, one last thing before that I want to say. There was someone uh, that had written in earlier to ask us if there was a 38-inch retail dildo available. And I did the research, and I can tell you 36 inches is the biggest you're going to get biggest retail. Biggest one they can ever you know, they so, almost did a 38, you know. but there's actually, you know, there's actual legal, there's laws on it. You're not allowed to have one bigger than 36 inches. You know, it's, I it's saw the plans legal. for the 38, the, the military was going to do it, and it, it got fucking nixed. Elon Musk <laughs> fucked the whole thing up, so we're stuck with the fucking 36. You and I both want the 38, we're burning for the 38, burning right now, hurting. we're living in a 36 world. So. I know a guy that make, that'll make you a 38, I can't tell you on air, though. Uh, not in the U.S. I'll fucking tell you not, that. No, I'll tell you. Yeah, he's not, not American. Retail. Not American. Not real tail. That's. I think that's also another little teaser for a segment we might do. Anyway, guys. Now, Greg, what do you really tell him? Uh, you gotta get your sleep. Go get to bed sleep. tonight. Get yourself a nice night's sleep. You'll thank yourself in the morning. You'll thank yourself. Get up in the morning, rested, folks. Go to bed early. Thank you so much. <laughs>